0: Some rough scale python talk in there He also mm-hmm. And he works with cave dwelling rat snakes um, He works with Some anteresia He works with uh, uh, Tree boas uh, So there's, there's there's a lot of stuff I mean he, he's kind of like a uh, What do we say Like a high end type of guy You know what I mean High end colubrids High end pythons High end boas You know how he rolls, I guess, so uh, we'll be joined with him uh, probably in about uh, 10 minutes or so, but um, what's going on with you, man? What's going on
1: here is I think we're finally winding down to the end of the season. I have two females that maybe might be getting ready to drop eggs. I don't know, but it kind of feels like we're getting down to that point where, you know, no more eggs are coming. One clutch is going to hatch. The babies are starting to eat. So, you know, things are winding down. And I like it because cool. it's, you know, June. And unlike you, I have to sit down and figure out what I'm going to be doing for next year. I mean, you already knew going into this year what you were doing next year. So, yeah. It's already, uh, yeah. already half So, well, it's funny because there's a lot of the curveballs that have been kind of chucked me this year of the Ivory yep. jag turning out to be a boy um the addition of some new animals uh the subtraction of a few animals so it's kind of like when it cuts down to the nitty-gritty it's like right now is when I really decide if I need to purchase an adult animal to plug into my breeding programs it needs to be done probably in the next month or two because you want to buy it, you want to get it here, you want to get it acclimated, you want to make it sure it clears quarantine, so you're ready to roll for breeding season. So,
0: how long? Yeah. What's your been? What's your track record been with trying to get an animal like that in and breeding by the feed you know the following season? Does it, does it Girl's work for you? Good. or it's not, not good. That doesn't work. Um,
1: and if I do get a clutch from a girl that I just recently picked up. It is usually not a very fertile clutch, and it's not a very large clutch. Um, Boys, forget about it. As long as I get them before August, I'm pretty sure I can rock it and roll it. Um, That being said, I picked up a male in, I want to say, November, and he bred the hell out of two of my females, but neither one of them produced eggs. So it might not be one of those, you know, everybody was willing, but something was off either he didn't get right. in here fast enough or the move and the temperature differences didn't really get him potent or whatever the hell. You know, we could sit here and pay that forever. So yeah. It's I one mean, of those uh, so normally I'd try to pick him up before August.
2: Yeah,
0: I uh <clears throat> I have a female that um the, the female yeah. that came from Nick and uh she's doing really good. Um yep. but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous about breeding her because I just know that, uh, you know, females usually that first year, you know, but we'll see. Uh, the fortunate yeah. thing is, is I have Nick in my pocket with that one. So he'll be able to walk me through and give me any tips or anything, you know?
1: Well, the other thing is that when I, normally when I see animals that go out on loan um, and they're females, they don't, maybe they don't necessarily breed that season, But it's not that they won't breed, it's that they they don't produce. Like, uh, my my IJ is with um, Jason Balin, and it was with his Granite Forever, and then it was actually breeding to his Tiger IJ the day of Um, Carpetfest. He sent me a bunch of pictures. So, now, again, way late for an IJ to be breeding in May, I hear. I don't know. I've never bred them. So, um, you've told me that. (laughs) So, it's (laughs) – yeah. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like sometimes moving them might totally mess them up, and then you might get locks, but you might not
2: get eggs.
1: So, right? Who the hell knows? But well, you make you got her well, so early that she
0: might be alchemated and ready to roll. So yeah, but here's the other the other uh, problem that I might run into the whole moving thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You geez. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well. So, uh, my season might right. be a bust next
0: year. You know. You will. Here's what we do: we tell your wife that you are totally in love
1: with the house and you don't want to move. Will she buy that? Oh. <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs> no. No. How I have
2: no
0: idea. Remember, Owen, if I stay here, Carpet Fest is there. <laughs> oh my God! No, you gotta move.
2: You gotta,
0: you gotta, I'm moving you now. I'm on my way. I'll get boxes. <laughs> Somehow, somewhere, you're moving. Uh, to, you're
2: thinking, yeah, oh so. my god!
0: I don't give a shit so I'm if I'm to plan it. Yeah, I'm trying to plan it so that um, I'm trying to plan it so I get out as early as possible. But it's I don't so know, gonna, man, man, it's happen. not looking promising. Well, well, you know, thing, you haven't closed on a house yet.
2: Now is the time. No.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think uh, I think I think what's going to happen is this. I think that I'm okay. going to run into the same problem that you did, and my moving time <laughs> will be right around the same time. December. But here's what I think I would do, is if that was the case, I would wait it out. You know? Unless I found a house that I absolutely had to have, and even then, I would be tempted to, not to just keep, re- keep renting the spot that I'm at.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to have to soak you it basically up. Basically, just
0: move the house. Oh, to- and all your
1: content, yeah. your wife, and everything. But Except the snakes. The <laughs> in Philadelphia. Yeah. In your old house. And just ping pong between work, home, and snake home. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound crazy at all. So it's, no, um, not at all. No, no. But unfortunately, and I hate to break it to you, regardless, you're screwed. I think. Moving, in, like I did, in the middle of a snowstorm in December, stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I don't think I'm going to do that. You know, yeah, don't do that. That was dumb. <laughs> but um, even, either way, moving
1: before the season is, is, is going to fuck you up. And then it's moving up. after the season, you're just going to fuck up next season. That's just the way it's going to go because it's not the animals moving that messes them up. It is the setup of where they're going to go. And I don't care if you have everything dialed in. This is a new room. And new rooms act different, and you know that. It's going to take you a a year to get through the growing pains. That's where everybody gets messed up. It's not like, you know, obviously, I mean, they tell us that if you don't have a male that's willing to breed, they tell you, well, put them in a snake bag and, have him ride with you in one of the shows, and then bring him home and chuck him back in his cage. I mean, right. then he usually goes over and right to the female. If that were the case, people would freaking love moving because that means everything's going to freaking breed when we get there. But it's, yeah. it, it's because things, aren't, uh, things are a little different. The reason I kind of got off a little white is, remember, when I moved, we had already been in the season, so I think I already had gravid females that we moved. Which again makes this moving in the snowstorm even more stupid. But, um, <laughs> <so it's, laughs> bear with me. Yeah, that right. was a so real one, was, man.
2: Shut up. <laughs> right. it,
1: was, uh, it was one of those things that got out of hand far too quickly, and I had to attempt yeah. to remain calm while you were losing your mind.
2: So, yes.
0: Um, holy shit, was, I, re- I remember opening up that truck, and it was like 96 degrees in <laughs> that truck. <laughs> I was like, holy
2: shit. <laughs> Everybody's nice and warm.
0: The the oh, okay. the, uh, the snow was melting. Uh, for, you know, if it was oh, in like so, a, yeah. a you know a, yep. a three inch radius of the truck, it just melted in mid air, turned into rain. <laughs> oh man!
1: Hey. hey, they were fine. Everybody was safe.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I was just saying. I'm not. I, you know it was like. i, I'm, I'm sure I, was, I was telling that, you, was dude. You, you gotta turn that tire. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure I, I filled Andrew's truck, like, twice. So, I mean, yeah. he had a big truck. So, don't care. Here's, your, here's the guard. Go ahead. But, um, uh, so I would suggest, like, say, say you and your wife close on the house, well, let, let's say August. If you close yeah. in August, we, we, we better get you in as soon as possible because then you got August and September to kind of fuck with it, and then you got to go down in October, maybe even push it back to go down in November.
0: Yeah, so you got well, that. typically I, I I go down in November, and I guess exactly. I guess the good thing is I'm not going to be moving too too far. You know what I mean? But still, exactly. It so
1: it's not matter. horrible. It doesn't matter. You're still going to get messed up. But if you if you up yeah. close in October, I just, either way, I won't do it. Man. Like I I just won't do you, it. Oh, wait, <laughs> so then you won't moves? So, so, so you won't. So, so we're going to have I won't move until January. Why is Eric so tired? Well, he has to go to four different places.
0: Where he
2: goes, Oh, so <laughs>
0: yeah, he does the podcast at the, at the old place where the snakes are, and there's nothing in there. Yep.
2: And, you know, well,
1: yep.
0: At least we won't um, hear the God. dogs barking anymore. But, uh, well, yeah,
1: but you can bring the diamonds <laughs> and everything that isn't breeding yeah. to the new place, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. You can kind of move, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things where you'll go through the season, everybody at the old house and then you'll move them after you get eggs or babies or stuff like that. But even then, you still might mess them up for the following season.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that I can time it, that they go, maybe they go down, keep them down yeah. and, uh, you know, cool down, and then when they come up is when I would move They'll them. They'll be in the new place?
2: Oh. oh. Yeah, at all.
0: Oh. We'll see. You know I what I mean? Know. I don't know, man. Who knows? Maybe this I'll be moving uh, in August, so. Hopefully, God damn
1: it, go, yeah. go sign paperwork, damn
0: it, Gosh. no, <laughs> I gotta get uh, <laughs> jumping on this, but um, yeah, I'm just wait this is uh you know, we'll get Terry on here real quick in a minute, but you know for as far as me, this is like the weirdest season ever, and mm-hmm. um you know i guess I guess if it for me, I'm still waiting on one clutch, I think, um, uh, I'm waiting to see um. If I get those double head snows for, for snow, yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully, as it goes, it should be probably sometime this week. I would imagine she's supposed to lay. Uh, she's getting in that uncomfortable position and look like that. So I mean, she looks. She has all the signs, but uh, you know, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna buy it till I see eggs. So, but uh, if that's no, yeah easy,
1: don't do buy anything. The
0: eggs would. The eggs would be hatching out in what August? August? No. Remember? August.
1: Uh, August.
0: If they hit the,
1: it depends on when they hit the ground. If they hit the ground now, you're looking at late August. Because yeah. yeah, which but is weird. They, if, <laughs> which is I, dude. I've been there. It is really freaking odd. Um, especially because you're like, okay, you've hatched. Now try and eat. I don't know. My body's telling me I should just kind of rest because it's getting cold. I'm like, no, no, no. You need to eat. So, you know, there's that. But mainly you just kind of go with it. So if they just hope to God they hit the ground before you get pushed into a little bit of July, I've had eggs laid on like or near the 4th of July. And that usually messes you up all kinds of way.
0: Yeah. I'm a,
2: uh, so. I am i do not know. Fun stuff. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. My, uh, trying to get my wife trying to do three things to at
2: once.
0: Uh uh-huh. yeah, she's <laughs> she's trying to get me to connect something for her, but anyway, the uh <clears throat> yeah, so I'm waiting on that and um here would be my tip of the day or week or whatever. That uh feed baby carpets, live hoppers. So much easier, man. Why? They just go uh they eat right away. <laughs> There's no uh uh-huh. uh you know Uh, You'll find, I I don't know, you'll see when you breed albinos, for some reason, man, they're notoriously (laughs) a pain in the ass to get going. I
1: see Um, now. I see it now with my albino. It has to be a certain temperature mouse laying in a certain part of his cage where he's like, nope, two's dead. So, uh, I
0: already (laughs) see it.
1: It's just only only happening to one.
0: uh, I I don't know what that feel is about. I don't know what causes that, but. For sure, man. It's they're down. That uh, that that is that is a pain in the ass. About the only pain in the ass about albinos is that they're uh, they're hard to get going. But the flip side of that is that if you just give them live hoppers, they eat right away. Now, that is you know? true. I've heard that.
1: Um, I don't have a. I, I feed more often, and I can't get live as quickly as that. So. I just do frozen. Um, I will go get live for the ones that won't take frozen. So, right. So far, I've been yeah. pretty good though this well, year. I've said that now, and yeah, now, unfortunately, the yeah. they're going to hatch or all going to screw me over. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Enough of us rambling. Let's get Terry on here and let's get this going. Hey Terry. That hey hey hey. What's uh, up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing much, man. <laughs> How are you?
3: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. That's, uh I like that intro. I've never been. I've been called a lot of things, but never a high end kind of guy. I like it. I
2: like it. No, that, man, come on.
3: The, that title
1: way too much. All right, so don't feel too special <laughs> no, about no, it. No,
2: that's not true. Everything like, to
1: him is high end.
0: I mean, oh my God.
2: No, he no, 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 that brush no
0: <laughs> I, I, I clearly said your caging one at high end. I clearly
2: said it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, just mom kidding. and Dad are gonna no. fight later. So <laughs> No, what
0: I meant what I meant by that is that you've uh you you seem to have a uh, a wide variety of species that you work with and they seem to all be that people uh, really want to work with, you know.
2: They're,
0: um, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're like dreams. And that was on purpose. Like, I did that on purpose. And you know, when I was
3: in uh, when I was in high school, it's kind of funny that you know I'm, I'm really a Python radio because uh, so to, to make a, a short story really long, um, my, uh, my my dad and I I was homeschooled in eighth grade and my dad built a I uh, had I guess what you call construction class. And so my dad and I built this heated insulated shed in the back of our yard. It was 20 by 12 specifically designed, um, for me to put my reptiles in. And at the time I really wanted to raise bearded dragons. And so like I'd bought some movie off of some, uh, classified ad of reptiles magazine that taught you how it was like a DVD of how to, now I do not even think it was DVD, I think it was a VHS of how to raise bearded dragons and, um, we built it with these, di- these dimensions that were big enough to where we could put stock tanks in this shed, you know, and, um, uh-huh. the, but I've never owned a bearded dragon in my life. It's really kind of funny. So <laughs> I put, I put all my collection in there, which at that time was this real Noah's Ark of iguanas and a couple ball pythons and some California King snakes and I think a tokay gecko and, you know, just like a little bit of everything in this Noah's Ark kind of collection. And then mm-hmm. uh, this is this in Wyoming, and within six weeks, uh, the thermostat, something was wrong with it. Everything was dead but, uh, but one <laughs> iguana that I hated. And so I gave that to <laughs> a friend of mine, and I just didn't have, some, I just didn't have any animals for, um, let's see, that was eighth, ninth grade. I didn't have any animals for almost two years. And then between my sophomore and junior year of high school, I was building some cages. I was ready to get back into it, and I wanted to get carpet python. And so I built these cages in my garage. And, and um, you know, like seeing something in the flesh, it, like a cage, especially, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll build this cage five feet long. And then, and then you build it and you're like, holy cow, this cage is huge. I could have Burmese pythons. And so I, <laughs> I impulsively um, ended up buying a, a pair of berms um, from Pro Exotics and, uh, and had, had Burmese pythons all through high for the rest of high school and all through college until I was out of college. And what I, what I hated about it was uh, people would say, oh, you have snakes? What do you have? And i said, say, oh, I've got these Burmese pythons. And it didn't matter who it was. They either had, they had a, a college roommate that had them or, oh, yeah, I've got, I know somebody that has them. And these aren't snake people. These are just, like, normal people. And so, like, Brand Burmese people. pythons, they were everywhere, you know? And then, like, you turn on the TV and Britney Spears is dancing with a Burmese python at the DMAs. And, and I, was, <laughs> I, was up, I was upset that they were so common, you know? and uh, uh, it's me it. exactly yeah and um and i guess it's you know it's it's kind of why we're all pissed about ball pythons right like 20 years mm-hmm. ago if you would put a ball python in front of us you'd be like oh man that's pretty cool and um but now you know it's just look you know i mean if it's everywhere it's kind of it, it doesn't make it any less cool but it, it, you're not gonna say wow anymore you know and uh but anyway that, that really upset me because i was like I, these snakes are awesome and uh but they were just kind of like, ah, everybody has those, or I had these, right? So <clears throat> when I got back into snakes, I decided I'm not gonna have what everybody else has, and um, I I did that for two reasons. One is because I, I I wanted to have I want what I like. I keep what I like, and um, I have the tendency to like stuff that I've never seen before, and uh, um, and then you know I I didn't necessarily get into this to uh, to sell snakes or. Or uh, to make a business out of it, but I also decided if I was going to sell snakes, I want to have the snakes that that people have come to you for, you know. Mm-hmm. So as opposed as opposed to me having to advertise and market and everything else, they can just say, oh, well, you 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 know, you got to go to him because there's just not that many around. So that kind of explains how the uh, how the uh, collection has taken shape. And and you guys, I'm sure you guys are to blame for quite a bit of it because. I listen to Rob with his rhino rats and Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I'm definitely drinking the juice, that's for sure. I wouldn't have uh, I'm sure I wouldn't have any Simpsons pythons if it wasn't if it wasn't for you guys. I was listening to some show and somebody was just going off on how cool Antarace were and uh, fast forward I've got you know <laughs> I
2: it's like yeah. 30
3: Antaresia now. So
2: This but, show is probably
1: about half, half of my collection came about and probably most of Eric's as well. That isn't already a carpet Python. So yeah, don't worry. We can all blame each other.
3: So, yeah, I um, don't, you guys are definitely uh, practicing some extreme self-control. I think even, even when you do leave the shows, you know, I'm sure you guys are going to leave Tenley with all this other cool stuff, you know, but, but just that, that you had any money left at all. I, I commend you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. were
1: moments. It was dangerous. If you, you, yeah. if, if you ask Eric, I'm standing there and I'm like one more sale. and Then I can go buy those rhino rats because you can go buy them right now. Like, no, no, I need to come home with some money.
2: One more sale, yeah. I can go buy
1: rhino rats. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So it, that and that's, totally happens.
3: A, yeah. I did a show, um, here in Austin, um, last month. And and that was exactly it. You know, like you get there and you set up and then you go around and you see all the other tables and you say, okay, I need to sell X amount of animals so that I can come over and I can buy this from the vendor. And the same people were doing the same thing to me. You know, they're like, hey, look, you mm-hmm. know, if I sell a couple more things and I'll come over and I'll buy that cave dwelling rat snake, you know, or this, this rhino rat. And so I'm sending people to other people's vendors tables like, oh, you know, you should really go over there and look and see what they have, you know,
2: so, <laughs> <laughs> Go buy from
1: that guy So he'll come buy from me Exactly I, Exactly I Yeah
2: Exactly And at the end of the day You exactly. might be
1: off for a trade Or you do what I did Is you're doing uh, The last show I'm doing so well I, I sold a couple animals I'm like You know I'm going to walk around As I'm walking around I pass right by this table That has like three animals on it And has a pair of Lab albino cow kings on it I'm like And done And then I come back <laughs> And they're like You were just going to the bathroom Why are you coming to back out With snakes I'm like Someone left
0: me alone
2: for five
1: minutes, I blame you guys for that.
0: So yeah. that's
1: how that happens. So
0: yeah, um, yeah man, it, it's hard to uh, listen to somebody be super into the species that they work with, and then not be, you know, jazzed about wanting to see what it's about. And you know, especially when, you know, some people are really, really good at it. You know, you, you when when mm-hmm. I'm done with the phone call, uh, you know, at uh, twelve o'clock at night. Um, as soon as uh, as soon as I hang up, I you know it's like searching Google for whatever the species is. You know, it's like oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got it. The I gotta to check this out. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. God
1: help us if we go to Kingsnake. But,
3: but yeah, you could probably anyways. you could probably check Google Analytics. That would be funny. Check Google Analytics on well, Tuesday evenings. You know, after the show is over, <laughs> and see the spike yeah, right? in whatever you know, whatever it is. Like that would be like awesome. Whatever. Like pop one pythons were not on my radar at all, but I think uh, forgot who was it uh, last show or the show before where they said they're just the, the most awesome snake in the world, you know. And now I'm I'm googling pop one pythons for some reason, you know.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I suppose there are, there are worse things in the world to do, but, but yeah. And then another are. thing, you guys are talking about moving and uh, yeah. I I guess I'll be screwed next year because I'm literally moving on Friday. This Friday, I'm moving from Austin, oh. Texas to South Carolina. So.
1: Oh
2: wow. Oh. you're really. I mean. Yeah. Really, that,
0: like that is a. Twenty minutes away. You're moving like ten yeah. minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So, but Well, that will be I'm closer pumped. to. Uh, to the East Coast, so I mean, you'll be on the East Coast, but you know, uh, you'll be uh, closer to Carpet Fest, the real, Carpet exactly, Fest. Yeah. yeah, the original Carpet yeah. Fest,
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, not these posers, but um,
3: <laughs> that's that's one of the downfalls of Texas, you know. So we, Austin's pretty much smack dab in the middle of Texas, and it's, I mean, I mean, more or less eight hours in any direction you're still in Texas. I mean, I mean, you can go to East Texas, but I don't know why you'd want to, Um, but (laughs) somebody, somebody in San Antonio, they were joking one day. They said they could go, it was closer for them to go search for some uh, like alligator lizard that you, that you find in the rainforest of Mexico than it was to go to uh, West Texas, like the big bend area and look for, you know, like rock rattlesnakes or something like that. And, Oh, wow. wow. And, you know, it's just—it's a big, big state. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped to be back on the East Coast. And I lived in Charleston for a couple of years, and uh, and um, I really enjoyed the the weather and, and the trees. You know, I grew up in I grew up in Wyoming most of my life, where it was just it was a desert and the wind blew, and it was winter for nine months out of the year. So uh, I'm pretty excited. I get excited about trees
2: and seasons <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. So really,
0: yeah, I'll tell you I'm what I'm looking uh, forward you'll to. It. Have i'm I'm very happy I am where I am because I think that our weather in particular is very um is very good for breeding pythons i I just find mm-hmm. that you know that 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 seasonal shift and that snow that comes in like that ma- it's magic man as soon as you say mm-hmm. snow, snakes are just like locked up you know, it's, yeah, uh, it's like magic man,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, Pennsylvania and Australia synonymous with weather.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Pennsylvania, the other Australia, right? The other Australia.
3: <laughs> That'll be a no,
1: you, you guys, guys.
0: Anyway,
3: you guys will Not find quite. out. I'm super, super pumped about your guys's trip. In fact, I was listening in preparation for this show. I went back and I listened to uh, Rob talk about rhinos, and I don't know if it was
2: 2014 or 2013,
3: but there was a little God. bit of of. Uh, uh, and that alone, right? Like, you guys have been at this for so long. Just, I, I got to take a minute and say, right. just props. Props to you guys. I don't what What is it? 250 some episodes. That's, oh, uh, God, I don't know. That's pretty <laughs> phenomenal. So, so, good job. You guys have created uh, this community. That's, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, Indeed. Australia. Uh, I was reading, so I was listening to Robin, and Eric, you said it. You said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just got a van? And in Australia, and just hurt. And then you said something like, ah, maybe in
2: 2015.
3: <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for you guys to. I'm looking forward to hearing how that
0: goes. Yeah. Now, here we are, now, 2016.
3: So,
1: there you go. Working on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Terry, can you kind of give us a little bit of an overview of the collection you kind of got and. What originally got you into reptiles?
3: Yeah, so um, the the collection that I have right now, um, I've got some black milk snakes, um, Stimson's pythons, diamond pythons, rough-skilled pythons. Um, I've got a pair of annulated tree boas, the cave-dwelling rat snakes, the rhino rat snakes, and... Uh, uh, I've got a pair of uh Coxie, the Thai bamboo rat snakes, the cocksai um, subspecies. And then um I've got a token uh, reticulated Python. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh but that's what I'm working with right now. And um the so the house that we're moving to, the entire upstairs is gonna be mine. So I mean it's not a big house, but um but my my snake room per se will I think it's going to triple, so so I'm looking forward. To that. Oh boy!
2: That's,
3: that is dangerous. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> that is so
2: dangerous.
3: I'm looking forward huh. to expand a little bit. But what got me into reptiles is um, I've got four older sisters, and my entire family throughout my entire life has been really supportive of anything that I do. Um, but I remember in kindergarten, um, uh, one of my sisters, Julie, she's she's older than I am, and uh, so she was married when I was in kindergarten. And uh, she comes over, and she's got a Cool Whip container full of mud, and there's something inside of it, and they say it's a salamander. I didn't know what a salamander was, and I go to, so I go to school, and when I come back, my mom had gone to the library while I was at school, read up on how to take care of salamanders. So I come back, she's got this aquarium on my dresser in my bedroom with the gravel layer and the and the charcoal and the dirt. And uh, she's got it. I mean, it's all set up. And this is so funny about um, a couple episodes ago, you guys were talking about um, the pennies in water. There was a penny mm-hmm. in the water bowl. And, uh, and back then, I mean, we, I, I didn't know that it was for, uh, you know, antibacterial properties or anything like that. But the, the dude at the pet store had said, uh, for amphibians, you need to put a penny in the water bowl so they don't get a red leg or something like that, right? So every time, right. wow. that, every, every frog... I've had or salamander, and this is back in the you know mid '80s. Always put a penny in the water bowl. You know, didn't know it had to be you know pre-1981 or whatever. But when I listened to that episode, I was uh, I was pretty amused at that. That was pretty cool. But anyway, well, I've been
1: catching pennies, so I'm <laughs> yeah. getting a good collection of pre-1982 pennies going on over here. Good. Really? So oh, yeah. I'm gonna give it a shot. <laughs> but I had
0: that on. I had that tiger
3: I had that tiger salamander for for years. And um, we moved from Montana to Kansas and uh, and it, it got away one day. I was cleaning its cage or something like that out in the yard and it, it must have crawled underneath the, the sidewalk or something like that. It got away and I cried and cried and cried and uh, and then uh, I couldn't have snakes in the house. And so mm-hmm. um, we raised hogs at that point and uh, my dad came home with, this black rat snake that was just huge, you know, and in my mind, it was eight feet long. And, and since I've gotten older, you know, how things, things get smaller as you get older. I've asked my dad, I says, was it really eight feet long? Or was it just that, you know, I was eight years old. That I was that. And he, he, to this day, he says, no, he says, that's still the biggest black rat snake I've ever seen. And, uh, but anyway, I could have it, but it had to stay in the garage. And so we had, uh, we had an aquarium out there and my dad had uh, catch mice at the hog farm and live mice traps, And we'd go out there and, and feed them and, and sit in the dark and watch them eat, you know? And, uh, so, so really, you know, my, my formative years in, in Kansas were spent, uh, you know, chasing snakes and box turtles and lizards and stuff. And, um, I, I didn't realize at the time, but Kansas was a fantastic place for, um, for herping and, and stuff like that. So, um, they just kind of built from, the, from there and then, uh, we moved from, from Kansas to Wyoming, which, is not a great place for, for herping and, uh, mm-hmm. snakes. I, I think in 17 years i found, uh, of living there. And of course I wasn't an active herper necessarily, but in 17 years, I think I came across, uh, I don't know, like five snakes maybe. And, uh, <clears throat> and then when my parents, after they retired and moved back to Kansas, uh, visited them in one afternoon, I think I found 22 snakes, you know, and one afternoon I just thought, man, this is crazy. But, um, but anyway, in order to uh you know make me happy for every christmas it wasn't i didn't want you know nintendo and a in a bicycle i wanted a i wanted the california king snake and a you know a, a gecko or something so hmm. my um my my collection became pretty eclectic, and you know I had that noah's art collection that i think uh is kind of the first stage and um had a little bit of everything and then uh after it after it died, and I got more interested in girls i um <clears throat> I switched to when I got back into it I switched to snakes, so i I just had those Burmese pythons for about eight years, and i didn't have anything but that 's all I had and um I took them to college with me and and I bred' them. one was albino and the other one was labyrinth and uh okay. still
2: oh, well,
3: you know' <laughs> still one of my favorite snakes of all time and 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 they 're not for everyone, but for me, I think they 'll always be my perfect pet snake, you know and um I, uh, a friend of mine down here in, in Texas, he breeds uh, reticulated pythons, and and uh, the first time I met him, I met him at a herp or uh, uh, herp uh, society meeting, and he was giving a talk, okay. and, and I went up to him and I just said, "Look, I said I, I whatever it takes." And he says, "If I can come visit and clean cages, I I, I will do it because I just want to hang out. I wanted to be around big snakes again, you know, and and I'd never been around reticulated pythons in any capacity, and so." I wanted to see what that was like, and, you know, he, he was really nice, and he says, yeah, yeah, okay, and, and I said, no, I'm serious, like, I will, I will <laughs> do that. Me and when. he says,
2: yeah, <laughs> he goes, all right, Tuesday,
3: and I was like, I'll be there, and so, I mean, I was cleaning cages, it was, it was really cool, like, half, half the day, we were cleaning cages, and then we went to go pick up some rodents, and we came back, and I was like, you want me to clean this cage, and he just says, he just says, no, man, here, just hold this snake, you know, and so he would, he would bring out this snake, you know, and, uh, I would just hold it, you know, and play with it. And then I'm like, you want me to clean this cage? And he would just hand me another snake, you know? So, so he was, he was a lot of fun to go visit. And, and, uh, after, after being around that for too long, a couple of years, I, uh, I picked up this, uh, Mochino, um, retix. It's just gorgeous. But, and, and nice. I love him. You know, he's, he's, he's great. And I don't ever plan on breeding him or anything like that, but, uh, but they're no Burmese python, right I mean this snake is active, you know, like I could get my berms <laughs> out and sit yeah. on the, sit on the couch and watch t v for hours, and they wouldn 't move, you know, I could keep them right right next to me, and uh this snake is a cruiser, I mean it's still young too, but man, they just move so much more but but I had those berms, like I said for eight years, and then um uh, after I graduated college i spent <clears throat> I spent a lot of time um outside of the United States to just uh I studied abroad in Costa Rica for a semester and uh, I had my roommate at that time take care of him. And then I studied in Puerto Rico for a semester and I had, um, uh, I think, a science teacher in, uh, from, like, middle school uh, watch him. And then after I graduated, I went to Africa for a few months and, uh, and my mom watched him. And, and, and of all, of all... Of everybody that's ever watched my my snakes, my mom was by far the best because I mean she'd send me emails <laughs> and she'd say she'd say, you know I went in there and and they were on the the they were under the heat you know at eight o'clock in the morning and then I went in there at four and they were on the other side of the cage and and the you water was a little bit by low, by that's right. by, awesome. yeah, so I watered them a little bit more you know? I mean she told me everything it was it was awesome and uh and uh, they even fed them while I was gone a little bit my dad and my mom would go in there and throw a chick, you know, we, (laughs) we raised up chickens to feed them and, and, uh, you know, they'd kill a chicken, throw it in there. So yeah, my parent, my family has always been super supportive and that's just, uh, one of many examples I could probably give, but, um, but I, after Africa, I wanted to, uh, spend an extended time traveling the world and, uh, and my, my parents didn't, I knew I was going to be gone for at least a year and my, my parents didn't want to watch him for that long if they did (laughs) If uh, if they didn't have to, and so um, the that albino just uh, just kind of died unexpectedly for uh, for a reason unknown to me, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then so the the female the labyrinth I had uh, given her to uh, to that science teacher and um, and who was completely competent and everything, and then um, and then I left I, I left for almost two years traveled around the world and uh, wow. backpacking and stuff and uh, And then, when I'd come back um I tried to track her down, not necessarily to get her because I was pretty transient and, and uh, still didn't necessarily have a a home base, but it would have been awesome to see her again but but he had given her to somebody who'd sold her to somebody else and and i uh, I yeah. the trail but um but uh <clears throat> after that i uh i did um so I moved to to try to get the order right, but I, I went to Peru for, um, uh, I was a bo- uh, volunteer herpetologist for this uh, program. Basically, it's a research project um, down in the Amazon, uh, Peruvian Amazon. And uh, I was down there for about six weeks, I think, and I was on the herp team. So we were doing visual, visual encounter surveys for uh, reptiles and amphibians, which is basically just walking through the forest at night and counting at night and in the daytime, of course, we found you mm-hmm. know, exponentially more animals at night than we did in the daytime, and and just just counting um, everything that we saw, counting and catching everything that we saw, you know, and um, <laughs> it was just a dream. And I I That's didn't grow awesome. up around around snake people. I didn't have snake friends, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so to be to be around you know this scientific community that even the people that weren't on the herp team really uh, appreciated and respected, uh, these animals, you know? And so if we caught some snakes or something and brought them in, I mean, everybody wanted to take photos and, um, and they were just, just to, you know, go through Latin names with, uh, with guys and stuff and, and be, to be able to do that. It, it, it was a real, real special experience for me. And, um, and then the forest itself was just un un unreal. Uh, it was, it was, Fantastic, and so I left that experience, and I said I've, I had a, I have a biology degree. I said I, I'm going to try to work with snakes, I'm, or not necessarily snakes, but I'm going to try to work um, with animals in some capacity, and uh, and so uh, four months later, I had an internship at the Kentucky Reptile Zoo in Kentucky, and um, so uh, and then and and I didn't really know what I was getting into when when I did it because. I was looking at, you know, Easy 8 Jobs or something online, and they, mm-hmm. had a, they, they had the posting, and it was for recent graduates, you know. And I called, and I said, look, I think I was uh, 26 at the time or something like that. And I, did, I said, I'm, I'm not a recent graduate, but, uh, you know, I really want to do this. And, uh, and Kristen was awesome, and she said, yeah, you know, come on down. And, and so I went down, and I didn't <clears throat> – it's funny, because I'd seen Jim and Kristen on television before, but I didn't, I didn't connect the dots. Like, I didn't realize that that's where I was going until I had gotten right. there and, and, um, and met Jim and, and Kristen. And, um, you know, the first day I'm there, Jim, Jim takes me into this room full of, I mean, it's just wall to wall cobras, you know? And mm. he's, he's, I don't know if he was feeding or, or putting snakes back from feeding or whatever, but I was just, I mean, it was a dream come true. You know I mean? To just be like, I right. can't believe I'm, I'm here, you know? And, uh, and, and, when, and then once again, I was, I was around people that, we're into snakes and we talked snakes all the time and it was just awesome. And so we did, I was, always talk about what snakes I would get, you know, and what snakes we wanted. And, <clears throat> and, uh, one of the former interns there, Taylor Tevis and I uh, became pretty good friends and, and, uh, we'd go herping. The first time he took me herping, we're looking for salamanders. And, and again, you know, I grew up in Wyoming. We didn't, <clears throat> I didn't, uh, I mean, I'd gone out looking for snakes, but I, not found them. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I was pretty, I was pretty hopeful, but but right. I mean, you can hope in one hand. It never you know? worked out. And, yeah, uh, but you gotta find it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh and, and so we went out, you know, and I was just like, all right, yeah, you know, we're gonna drive around looking for looking for these salamanders that he's talking about. But but you know, fifteen minutes later, we're at this spring, and we're staring at these. Uh, these salamanders, I'm just you know the 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 ones that he wanted to find, and uh, it just blew my mind. It blew my mind that that was possible, and that that we could do that. And then, um, and then the uh, spotted salamanders uh, were uh, spotted or mar- I don't remember, but they were uh, migrating that night, and so we're driving, and you couldn't avoid. From hitting them, there were that many salamanders oh, the road. I mean, it was just unbelievable and something that I'd never experienced before. And uh, and so I just I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. So um, so so I was making a list even then of when when I get when I get a place and and I get a job and everything. What animals that I would get and uh, um, rhino rat snakes were on the list pretty early. And at that time at so at the zoo I was taking care of the um the non venomous stuff and uh they had some Fueblin milks that I was I just I was kind of enamored with and um it was the first time that I'd really uh had uh
1: success breeding,
3: I guess. Um I've read the Burmese pythons, they they had laid eggs but uh they were infertile and I set up a an incubator without a without a thermostat and so the temperature in March in Wyoming can be quite a bit different than the temperature. Well, actually I should say the temperature on Wednesday in Wyoming can be a lot different than the temperature on Friday, you know? And so I ended up, um, I ended up having some hard boiled Burmese eggs real quick. And so, oh. um, so I didn't have a lot of experience with that. And then after, and then after that I started traveling. And so I was either gone at the beginning of the breeding season or at the, at the end of the breeding season. And so I, I just never bred them again before, uh, before I took off. And, um, so at the zoo, I, was, I had, like, free reign on all of these North American colubrids. And so I was pairing everything up, <laughs> everything up that I could. And, uh, and, and they were going, and I was getting eggs, and I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And mm-hmm. so, um, uh, so with the milk snakes, I thought I was going to get into Hondurans. And then the, as I studied, I learned about the black milk snakes. And I thought, I mean, here's a snake that's even bigger than uh, Hondurans and uh you know poor man's indigo some people call him and um and they and they turn black i mean that's, that's just that's pretty crazy and so and you can't find them they're relatively uncommon and so i had uh um put in a couple calls uh to don Shores. he's a a Colubrid guy in here in texas and um asked him if he was going to have any an upcoming show and he responded promptly and said no <laughs> and then um, and then a couple of weeks later, he emailed me and said, um, actually, you know, maybe I will. So that was how I got the, uh, the black milks and, and then it just kind of grew nice. from there, you know, and then I got on Cameron's list and had rhinos shortly after. And, and then the rough scales came shortly after that. And, um, it was, it, it grew pretty quickly at
2: the, at the Snowball. start. Snowball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because I had, because I I'd had a place, you know, when,
2: mm-hmm. um,
3: I had I'd either had a place and no money or no place because um, I after the after the uh the zoo and stuff I kind of was transient I moved out to uh, Charleston, South Carolina for a while and um that was when I had <laughs> I had uh I had a place to live but I didn't have any money. I was working part-time at a couple different places and and then when that fell through I got a job in North North Dakota drilling for oil. And so wow. then I had I had money, but I realized I could, I could afford to play, pay for rent or a plane ticket back to South Carolina, but I couldn't afford both. And I certainly wasn't going to live in North Dakota. And, um, and my, my schedule on the rig is it's, it was two weeks on two weeks off. And, um, so I didn't want to stay in North Dakota for my days off. And so uh, I was homeless for a year and a half where I would travel to, uh, I to my friend's house or I would travel to see my sisters or go see my parents. Um, I went to uh into went to Indonesia on my thirtieth birthday. That was a gift uh I gave myself and and um, wow. <laughs> so when that
0: went, Yeah, you've been yeah,
3: everywhere. It was, it was a pretty good gift. Yeah. A really good gift really good gift. And um and then uh but I mean, when you're homeless and you have nothing, I mean I mean you're you know, if I had no obligations, um it, it was pretty it was pretty inexpensive. In fact, it was probably the best thing that I did at that time. because um, And the reason I did it is I, I had this, uh, this apartment in Charleston, and I, f- I factored up how much time I'd spent there over the year that I had to lease. And because mm-hmm. I was at work six months out of the year, um, and then I had taken a couple trips all um, my days off instead of going back to Charleston. So in a year's time, I'd spent four months there. And I just didn't, I couldn't justify spending a year's worth of rent on four months of living. And, and I just said, I'm yeah. not, not going to do that anymore. And so I packed up all my stuff, put it in my parents' garage, and, and uh, kind of hit the road. So um, so when I moved to Texas, uh, then I had both. Then I had a place to live, and I had money, and, and I, I took full advantage, I think. So,
1: yeah, and it's going to get worse now because you're going to move. And you're going to have a bigger room. And you're going to exactly. be like I was, where I'm going to be like, it's going to take me a while to fill up my room. Two weeks have gone by, and I'm out of
3: cage space already. This is weird. So, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I haven't been doing this long enough, you know, with babies to realize at this time of year, you know, before the eggs hatch and everything, I think, oh, you know, I yeah. should get some more stuff, you know, and, 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 and now <laughs> you have money, right? Like your tax returns come back and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the holidays are over and you haven't you know done anything. And but so I've, I've been looking at all these things and then I realized, well, hold on, hold on. You know, I just had, I had two clutches of Stimpsons and two clutches of rhinos and, and, uh, had a clutch of cave dwellers and, and a couple other clutches. And I think, hold on, you're going to have over a hundred snakes here at the end of the year. Just, just, just slow your roll, you know? So, um so I'm learning.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: so hard. Man,
2: yeah, there right. was right.
0: uh <laughs> there was so much stuff in there as far as like where you've traveled and I have so many questions. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> but I don't yeah, want to yeah, not yeah, touch
0: good. Rhino Rats, but man, you've you've been all over I mean, you've hurt in all these spots, I'm I'm imagining and
2: I mean well, I, I and would so, imagine
0: you've seen some amazing things, right? Well, and this is why.
3: This is why, man. I'm like, like you know, I mean, Nick is right. You guys don't know what you're in for in Australia because yeah. um, I spent I spent three months, and I say that in I'm super excited for you because I spent three months in Australia, and I wasn't. I thought I knew a lot about reptiles. I thought I knew. Um, the, I, I was a, I wasn't a herper at all when I when I left on these trips. And um, at least not, not to where I am now. And it's one of those things, right? Like the more you learn, the more you realize how little you knew back then and how little you still know. Um, But I found so much stuff in Australia on accident that I'm kicking myself for, for not going. And, and so when I, when when I, when I backpacked around the world um, I went by some super cool places that I just didn't know. Because I wasn't, I wasn't in the know, you know, like, like that cave in Indonesia where Brady Barr got bitten by the reticulated python. Uh, that is my I, favorite
1: right? sequence on TV. But yeah. um, go on.
3: <laughs> I was, if, if,
1: I, was, if I went right.
3: Could be my tone. Yeah, I would yeah, have exactly. that. So. <laughs> yeah. I went right, right by that cave. And I didn't know That's that amazing. it was, I didn't know it was there, you know, like um, I've been on that Island. I've, i I could have, I could have gone. You know, that could have been me screaming in the dark. You know, you know in the middle um, of a bat-filled, crap cave. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I exactly made, maybe, yeah. maybe pass
3: on that part. But you know,
1: yeah, you could have <laughs> yeah. checked it out.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm just saying, I've seen so many, so much things, and have, and and, and feel so fortunate for the experience that I've had, sort of on accident, when I didn't know what I was doing that I can't wait to get back to these places with, with the knowledge and the resources that I have now. And, and that's why, man, you guys are going to have a blast. So I was in Australia for three months. Um, and Jeez. for two of those months, I worked on a crocodile farm um, and, <laughs> and to this day, still the best <laughs> job I've ever had in my entire life. And, um, but, uh, but at that time, in order to work in Australia, you had to uh, go through this uh, organization called BUNAC to get your visa. And it cost like $500 to do and everything. And I thought, well, I'm not going to pay all that money to pick fruit or wait tables. I'm not going to do that to do, to get a job that I could do in the United States. If I'm going to Australia and I'm paying that money, I'm going to do a job that's Australian. And I was like, well, what's that going to be? And it was like, oh, I mean, it it was a no brainer. Crocodile farm, you know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Huh. and
3: uh a quick i mean I, I mean a quick google search and uh and I had my spot you know um and uh yeah so i i worked at this crocodile farm for two months and um it was uh it was a it was a dream it was an absolute dream and uh i mean we could do a whole episode on that, i think, but yeah
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> something i wanna really? do jesus yeah. yeah, but it was
3: so it was so cool, you know cause, so my roommate um, Ben, he's one of my best friends now, and he was from England, and so same thing. Like he, he lived and breathed Steve Irwin, but he, he'd never been around animals. Like he didn't keep animals growing up, and and you know he he lived in Europe, and so um, you know he got to Australia, and he had all this enthusiasm, you know, just like I did. And um, so our coworkers and and uh, people, they they just they were awesome to us. So they'd find. I remember when my guy brought us a frilled dragon that, that was DOR was, you know, Hey, I thought you, thought you guys would like to see this, you know, it was like, Oh my gosh. And, um, uh, we saw, um, blue tongue skinks, like the people that lived there that didn't work with us, they, we went on a road, we went camping once and, they got mm-hmm. so upset because we kept pulling over. You know, we see a snake cross the road, we're pulling over. We see, you know, a, a, a blue tongue skink, you know, DOR on the road, we're pulling over. We're taking pictures of it, and they just they just don't get it. They're just like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, you know, this is the, the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know. And uh, I guess it's the equivalent of, I don't, I don't know, you know, like a pronghorn antelope in Wyoming, you know. Uh, you live there, it's like
2: <laughs> not yeah, a big yeah, deal. Yeah, there's
3: but... another one. Yeah. Yeah, but we saw, um, man, I, I saw coastal Taipan crossing the road. Um, saw a few brown tree snakes. Um, uh, of course, you know, the en- enigmatic stuff like, uh, koalas and kangaroos and echidnas and, um, monitor lizards. And, um, I think, I think a red belly black snake, um, I went on a surf trip and we were walking in the dark and there was, you know, it was a snake crossing the road and, uh, Huh. And it, it, the, the, the habitat and the description of the snake and, and the size of it and everything point to red belly black snake, you know? And, um, and, and I feel like Australia is that place that if, if it can be, you know, the harmless one or the, the venomous one, you know, it it's the venomous one, to the venomous one. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So automatic. Um, yeah. But Australia was awesome and I, I can't wait to get back there and, um, and Herpet for real. Um, uh, I went through Indonesia and uh, stopped out at Komodo Island and Rinsha Island, saw the Komodo dragon. And I'll say this because that was right after the crocodile farm, and um, so I was around um, saltwater crocodiles that are
2: enormous. But yeah,
3: I was. But Komodo dragons are huge. I'm not saying they're bigger than crocodiles, but they are so huge. You know, I mean. Even when I was there, I, uh, I wouldn't be this impressed after coming from a crocodile farm. But it was, it was amazing. It was really, really cool. Yeah. So, um, so that was very cool. Eric could avoid. Eric could avoid both those animals. <laughs> exactly. if <they> were easily <laughs> kill an Exactly, exactly, <laughs> easily.
2: Yeah.
3: And,
1: um,
3: and then, and then after these experiences, you know, after uh, the crocodile farm and, and stuff, I just I had this experience that, I, or this thought that I could work anywhere. And yeah. so when I was when I was in Thailand I was um uh there's this uh this zoo called Tiger Kingdom north of Chiang Mai. It's not mm-hmm. the Tiger that that you see people taking pictures of with these tigers chained up. But um yeah. but it's it's this tiger zoo and uh people, so tourists show up and they pay money and you can go into cages with um tigers that are uh like baby tigers that are a couple months old god or or uh so it'd be like one month old tigers like kittens or uh two or three month old tigers which are about the size of uh, like a small dog to Uh four month old tigers that that come up to your uh come up to about your waist like a large dog and uh right and so you you pay money and they take you in there and you pet them and take your picture with them and, and hang out. And these cages are nice. They're landscapes and, and, and everything. And um, so it's, I, I felt good about, you know, the animals well-being, I guess, but um, I, I don't know. I guess I was cocky or something, but I didn't have anything to lose. So I asked if they would hire me and, um, and they did. So I worked at this, uh, I worked at this tiger place for a while and again, uh, I'm just not a mammal guy, I guess, because, yeah, um, I'll jump in with a, you know, 15 foot long saltwater crocodile any day of the week, but tigers scared me to death because you, they think you, you like, they can see them reaction. thinking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were, we're smart. smart enough, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but anyway, they're, they, they hooked me up, man. They, they, they helped me get a scooter and an apartment and, um, and uh, we worked pretty long days, but there was one night where I was coming home and uh, it was late at night and it had just rained. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, like right now would be a pretty good time to go road cruising. I should go road cruising someday. And, uh, hmm. you know, on my little scooter. And I thought, had, you know, this is what I'm saying. Like, if I would go to Thailand now, I wouldn't be able to not think about herping every waking day. <laughs> yeah. But at this, at this time, you know, I've been there for a month and I had just thought, oh, that'd be a good idea. But n- not – five minutes after I thought that there was a reticulated python crossing the road and, oh, um, cool. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, I choked, I, I had, you know, you know, you get, you know, your adrenaline starts going, and I said, all right, I'll stop and I'll take my shirt off and I'll throw it on it and I'll grab it, you know? And, and uh, I stopped and, uh, and another Thai person was behind me and he stopped and, um, and I choked. And, uh, so I, I was just taking pictures of it and, and then it, it took off into the cane. So, but uh, but that was pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, it was very cool. Other than that, I, yeah. uh, I so if you, that was, um, if you fast forward through, um, I guess, through Europe, so I was in Europe for, uh, you know, three months, and, and then I was in South America, which the only reason I ever left home was to go to South America, which was why I, sit, I put it at the end of my trip, and um, because I was afraid if I went to South America first, I wouldn't keep going. And uh, we just stay there. And so I went to, uh, I went West and uh, South America was the end. And um, when I was in Bolivia, I volunteered at this uh, sanctuary uh, animal sanctuary place. And um, they had put me in charge of, because I could speak Spanish. They put me in charge with the clinic, not in charge of it, but uh, this place is run by volunteers. So I was volunteering in the clinic. And so um, I was taking care of like 23 capuchin monkeys and uh, it was, uh, it was again, you know, it was a pretty cool experience. But <laughs> I had heard that they had a boa constrictor, and um, and in the, in the in a cage further into the jungle. And so the the clinic was kind of right at the, the front of this property. And they had um, they had more enclosures and uh, and areas for animals further into the rainforest. And um, I'd heard about this this boa constrictor. And none of the volunteers took care of it. Just the vets took care of it. And so I wanted to I wanted to take care of it I wanted, I wanted to do that and so I started uh, kind of uh, pouring honey in people's ears just saying just just saying how I had snakes as pets and would show them pictures of the Burmese pythons and stuff and and so when it came time to feed that snake they they let me come with them and, uh, oh nice and it was it was kind of now this this boa had the best enclosure uh, of any in the entire world probably I mean it was huge but. They should have just let it go. I mean, it was like, like they had found it, right? And then, You caged it in its try-
1: natural
2: habitat. Exactly. Exactly. Like what? why? So, <laughs> I was
3: so confused as to why it was there, and um, I was confused as to why a lot of animals were there, to be honest. But, but anyway, so we feed this boa constrictor, and then while that's happening, another vet comes up and said that the people taking care of the spider monkeys uh, found a boa constrictor in the rainforest. And so, uh, and and he needed the, the you know the one snake hook that they had at this whole place, and so uh, he got that. So when we were done, I, I begged to go run in there and see if I could see it. And so, so, I go into the rainforest, and I find out where it is, and there's all these guys kind of staring at the side of this hill, and they're not doing anything, and, and, and I'm freaking out, you know, I'm, I just just gotten there, I'm out of breath, I'm like, where is it? Where is it? You know, it's gonna get away. And they said it's not a boa constrictor, and uh, and it was in some bushes and, and I said, well, well, where is it? Where is it? What is it? What is it? And there's right there. And, uh, it was hidden in these bushes and, um, my heart dropped and I was just like, yeah, it's not a boa constrictor. It's a Bushmaster. Oh my oh, God. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but again, you know, I'll be self-effacing here. I, I didn't know it was a Bushmaster. I thought it was a, a, a And, um, so I, I absolutely recognized that it was dangerous. I recognized that it was venomous. Um, and it had just eaten something, so it was uh, it was pretty lethargic and it had a, a big meal in its body. But um, but this there's spider monkeys um, on tethers um, in the trees, right? And so that's how the the person saw it. These spider monkeys were just staring at the ground, and she wanted to see what they were looking at, and they were looking at the snake. So she freaks out and told us to come look at it. So so we decided we were gonna we were gonna catch it, and um, it was kind of a circus uh, kind of catching, which is really funny now having seen people Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And having seen people in zoo settings and, um, uh, I mean like Kentucky Reptile Zoo and, you know, they're just taking out mambas. I I don't want to say nonchalantly. It may look nonchalant. Um, but I know that they're very professional, you know, and do know what they're doing, but we were not professional. (laughs) Oh my God. And, uh, we were freaking out and screaming and and all this stuff. And, uh, and the whole time, you know, I'd never been in a situation like that. And, and I wanted to know, uh, you want to be the kind of person that would, would get it right. Would, would pick it up. But I didn't know if I ever, if I was that kind of person and, um, and, and, and turns out, turns out I am. So, um, or was, I guess, I I, I don't know that I would do that again knowing what I know now it was, we were pretty far away from any hospital and I've read, oh, my quite God. A few, you know, fight reports. But anyway, the end of that story is, um, you know we uh we caught the snake and uh put it in a bin and, and relocated it a few uh hours' hike into the forest and, but uh but it was uh yeah, was a, that was pretty awesome so as far as my backpacking that awesome. trips that was that was the kind of stuff that I had ran into and then um and then after I came home I, I swore to myself or promised myself i wouldn't i wouldn't make myself go through another winter in wyoming and uh I was working in the oil field again in wyoming and uh, in October it started snowing and so that's when I, uh, I went to Peru and um, volunteered at that, at that place. And then that was just, that was the first Herp-specific trip I'd ever been on. And I'd been on a lot of rainforest treks, you know, these, that, you, that you go through as a tourist, you know, and to, mm-hmm. see the, uh, to see the wildlife. And, and um, never, never really saw any snakes, you know. I saw a lot of birds and, and monkeys and, um, and a lot of sticks and mud. But not a lot of snakes. But really, if you want to see snakes or, or, or herbs in general, or really just animals, I mean, you got to go out at night, and um, and that's not necessarily when a lot of tourists are, uh, you know, going on tours. And so
2: <laughs>
3: I, I was pretty jaded. I'd, I'd been to a lot of rainforests and a lot of different continents and not had anything to show for it, um, and uh, and and then and then I'm in the Amazon, and it it was uh, it was a game changer. So. Sounds awesome. Uh, that's fun.
2: Wow. <laughs> that's,
3: that's,
2: make, that's, make, 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 I makes not know what We're trip but. to wow, Australia.
1: That's...
2: Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, like yeah. we're
1: gonna
0: go to Australia.
1: It's like you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you no, do that's... for a
0: living now, yeah, Carrie, What um, do you do for a living now?
3: Right, now, I um, I'm I'm fun employed at the moment. So I uh, I was laid off in February with the price of oil um it, what it is south texas um uh had a lot of layoffs and i i managed to survive for for about a year um and then and then they just had another round of layoffs at the beginning of the year so um and so i've been i've been unemployed i had a a, a bubble soccer business that i was i was doing kind of on the side and so <coughs> and so after i got laid off i did that a little bit more but i just sold that before we moved so so i'm Would a clean slate and if we're just going to give you a hey. camera,
1: and you're just <laughs> going to be Morelia Python TV, and then just go, just go do stuff. <laughs> hey.
2: Like,
1: hey, go world, go world things, and it's know, all coming animals.
2: together. It's all yeah. coming together. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <So. Exactly. laughs> Deal. Wow. Deal. So
0: yeah, we're definitely going to have to chat with you again at some point about yeah, the yeah, farm yeah. and sure. all. <laughs> <laughs> we got. We got a lot to talk
2: about. You were holding but, that out um, to
0: carpet Fats. I mean, Jesus.
2: Correct. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you
0: did tell me about your your trip to um, to Australia. I remember you telling me that. Remember you telling me that if you knew now,
2: I mean, if you knew then
0: what you know now, you know, it would be a whole exactly. different yeah. ballgame. But um, yeah, yeah, and then the Burmese python thing. Well, that's just one of my favorite snakes of all time. <laughs> I
2: mean, that's, yeah, that's
0: one of those that forever will have a. When I get settled and moved, I will have another one of them at some point. And Labyrinth is, like, my favorite one, and you can't find them anywhere. Now, you know, with everything that's going on with Burmese pythons, there's no way you're – I don't think you can find them in Pennsylvania, let's put it that way.
2: Yeah. (laughs) The only person that does
0: it's out in the middle Midwest somewhere. mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) And, and, you know, I – I hope that that gets, it's changed, you know, and, and, uh, but, but I told my wife, I said, whenever we buy a house, that's, uh, that, that will, that will probably happen. I would, I would love to get another, <laughs> another burn again, you know, so oh, I'll throw a, I'll, I'll throw a couple picks up of, uh, of some of them. And I'll, I'll give you a little, if I can here on the chat, but, awesome. um,
0: cool. Um, so, let you do that. Um let's get uh let's get into some Rhino Rat talk. Um Yeah. That seems to be like that colubrid that all the Morelia people sort of gravitate towards. I think they're it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they Maybe
2: because 24. they're weird
0: looking. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But why why mm-hmm. Rhino Rats for you? What what led you to want to get into Rhino Rat? <laughs> you know, I think um they're
3: they were so different. And, and I think I had, I had seen a pair of rhino rats at a show before, but, but but other than that, that one pair, I don't think I'd ever seen them before, um, before getting them. And, um, so, but, but for me, it was, uh, I think part of it was a little bit of nostalgia because growing up in Wyoming, I wanted, I wanted to just draw identity from anybody that I could. And so, I thought it was so cool that um, Pro Exotics was in Colorado because I, I felt that was, you know, my next door neighbor. And so I, um, I was sending self-addressed stamped envelopes to Chad and Robin quite, quite often, you know, to see what they had and, and, um, and dealing with him. Like I felt like they were my local pet store, you know, and hmm. they, there were some of the first ones that, that had rhino rat snakes. And so I remember seeing those, because then I think they were like $1,200 a piece or something like that. Um, that stuck with me a little bit and I always thought they were cool um, but I, I, I wanted something different, you know, I wanted something that, that was completely different and that it's not just the horn that makes them different. They, their mouths move different. They, they act a little bit different. They're, they're just so cool. I've never handed a runner rat snake to anybody, um, snake person or non-snake person and had them say anything other than this is pretty cool um but i remember getting them and uh so i had an apartment at the time and the quarantine was my walk-in closet and so i had them i had them on the floor in a exoteric cage in the walk-in closet and i would just lay in my closet (laughs) because there was no room to do anything else and uh and just watch them you know and they just they just lived up to every expectation that i had um And, and they still, they still have, they've surpassed, I should say, um, all expectations. So they're just, uh, yeah, they're blast. And, and they, you know, and and it's, I see why, uh, why people like them too, because they, they don't get that big, which was really a shock to me. I thought they were going to be quite a bit bigger than they were. And, um, and they don't get that big. And, um, and they'll, they'll display like mine. They, they'll display, they'll be on a perch. Um, they don't kind of, they don't quite chondro perch, you know, that's a colubrid perch, but, but they're watching me, you know? And if I go in there, it's funny, my, my wife and I always joke when I first got them, cause I had some, some, some plants in there, you know, live or fake plants. And, um, and you'd be looking for them and you could, you might be able to see their body and you're looking for the face and you realize that it's, two inches away from you, you know, it's right on the other side hmm. of the glass, but you're looking straight past it. And, um, and they're looking at you, you know, they're watching you. And I just thought it was so cool. And, and, uh, and, and still think it's so cool. And, and it's a show. Um, I did a show in Austin and, uh, I, I like to take some of the adult snakes that I have just so people can see what they're getting into. And then, um, yeah, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty cheap trick to, to put something in their hands, you know, cause then they really, uh-huh. know, at least that's how it works with me. And, um, and so uh, I had uh, one of my breeder males, and I had him out and I just put him on the back of a chair and he stayed there for about two hours on Saturday without moving and no less than three and a half hours on Sunday without moving. And everybody, the vendors around me were just enamored, you know, they just, they'd keep an eye on him and they just thought it was crazy that he just wasn't, he he just wasn't moving. And he was kind of, uh, he had about you know eight inches of his body sticking out uh from his chair. It just his eyes affixed on something, and he was doing his his vine thing, um, and 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 I saw behavior that day watching him do that that I had not seen in a cage, and it was really pretty cool. You know he would sway like he would sway a little bit like he's being blown in the wind. Um, oh, that's cool. And, it was just, it was wild, and, and I had to make a sign that said, "This is a real live rhino rat snake," and I taped it <laughs> to the back of the chair because so many people, they thought it was stuffed or they thought it was, you know, plastic or something like that. I said, "No, that's a real, it's a real snake," and they wouldn't believe me, and I, I, I got tired of, uh, you know, bothering Same, yeah. the snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, but it, it just, you know, so I like it that they're out in the open. Um, I like it that, uh, there's no heat. Like ever since I got these black milk snakes, I, I don't know that I knew that snakes liked it without heat, you know? I mean, it's just sort of, you know, that's how we kept snakes, right? Like you, you, have got a, <laughs> you got a, a broken, aqua- that's, that's how the snake books taught us to keep snakes back in the day is you get a broken aquarium that won't hold water, bust out the glass, replace right. right. it with wood, <laughs> you know, and then put a, a uh-huh. heat lamp on it. And and, a, and a diagonal sick boom snake cage, and so to have snakes that I could have at room temperature, I thought I thought that's awesome, and um, and you know I've got that with the the black milk snakes and the rhino rat snakes, and and I try I try harder to keep my animals cool than I do keep them warm, and um, uh, and that's you know it's just one of the things about being in Central Texas I think, but um, that'll change. So, so I loved that. <laughs> I loved that. They're, they're a colubrid, but they don't eat like a colubrid, you know, you can, you can feed them. I mean, my breeder male, I think he's had, uh, since before brumation, I think he's had two meals, maybe three mice in nine months, I think. And he looks awesome. Um, and, um, I love that, you know, cheap snake to take care of, you know. Um, not as much to uh, to clean up. Um, uh, they're just awesome. And do you have any?
1: I do not. Not. Which,
2: no. we which need to, will
1: be fixing that for me, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we, <laughs> we need to change that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I at least have
1: uh, Vietnamese blue beauty snakes, so I – Am close to certain things that you have, yeah. and I have the rubbies. So, yeah. Eric, there over there, he has nothing. So,
2: poor on I him. I have diamonds. So, Simpsons. <laughs> Quite yeah. <you> know? So, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. they cool. Yeah, rocko rats they're,
0: are definitely a uh, cool species for sure. Um,
2: they're they're I think on my list. It lid. was yeah. when
0: we went. I think it was when we went to Buddy's house and we got to actually yeah. handle them that um, you yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
0: realized how neat they were and that they were just a cool snake. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: You know. So, Jerry, what size collection are you working I mean, do you have a big group of these guys? Are you working with, uh, you know, what's, what's your – what do you feel that's, uh, you know, the right size if you want to start breeding these guys? I was um – um I feel like I was
3: getting a pretty big collection, um, and then and then after that first year getting uh, babies going, I thought about you probably don't need to have six clutches of rhino rat
2: snakes in the ball. Um, <laughs> okay. And so, so
3: yeah.
2: I've got
3: um, I've got two point two, and then I have I have two point three adults, okay. and um, and I've got one hold back that I'm that I'm raising up. Um, as well as as offspring from last year that just hasn't sold yet, and and I'll hold some of those back as well, but um, the my breeders are are 2.2. Awesome, and, very
0: cool. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um. So
0: I. The one thing that. Oh, go ahead. I I I bred
3: them though. So the first year that I got them, I I got 1.3. And I had only Mm -hmm. planned to breed one female because it was the only one I felt was big enough. And, um, and then I had sort of accidentally bred one of the other females. So another female laid eggs that I didn't mean to breed, but, um, and, and, and I was like, okay, all right. So, I mean, they're, they're not as big as you would think, or they don't have to be as big as you would think. Um, in order to breed them, and I wouldn't do that on purpose. But what, what had happened is I was keeping snakes in twos, and so I had I had the, the pair that I was trying to breed together in an exoterra, mm-hmm. and then I had a pair of females in another and cage. And one of them and, turned out to be and, a boy. No, actually, no, they were females, but one of oh, them okay. was a picky eater. So I was feeding her live, and so while I was feeding that one live, I would transport the other female in with the pair. And
1: it, oh, it, okay. he would just move quickly. Okay. And it,
3: and it took, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it worked, I guess. So real, real quick, Terry, um, you put a bunch of pictures up on the chat is the one of the human leg bleeding profusely.
3: <laughs> That's my buddy Ben and, uh, he, I mean, it is what it looks like. He he was bitten by a crocodile. He,
2: oh my he'll God, hate yes. <laughs> He'll hate
3: that I said this, but it wasn't a big crocodile. Um, oh. <laughs> it was, uh, it it was, it was about uh, I'd say between three and four feet long, and
2: uh-huh. uh, and
3: he got stitches though. I mean, they'll 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 win every time. The the owner of the farm when we were feeding them and stuff. he, he would always tell us. He said don't. He said they'll win. And um and no, he was, yeah. so, so that's what a three foot crocodile did. Um and that was just a nip. And um I, I think he got I don't know, six or eight stitches out of that and um he had it covered up for about half a day and then and then he had it uncovered and was rubbing dirt and hoping that it would scar real good. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was <laughs> fine. You're,
1: yeah you're doing the wrong friend thing by saying it was a small one. Remember it's to be like I a twenty five foot male that, you know, oh, yeah, he no, saved your life by getting you man. out of there. I mean, yeah, that's what you got <laughs> yeah, right. to do. Yeah, he's going to
2: hate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay. uh,
0: I did put up a link to your uh, to your website, a um, couple, couple things. So it's uh, I'll just throw it out there, Uh So if you want to check it out and you're not over in the chat, you can uh, – type it in and check it out. The, uh, you know, one thing is you have a a cool article on breeding rhino rat snakes that we'll get into, but when I was looking through there, I was looking at some of your setups and uh, Mm -hmm. you do like sort of a, you know, more naturalistic type of setup. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you got going on there and how you set these guys up? Yeah. So when
3: I first was keeping um, rhinos, I just kept them on newspaper and I put I uh, put a water bowl in, and then a, a humid hide, which is just a six quart um, uh, plastic shoebox with some moist sphagnum moss in it and a hole cut in the top. And then I had a I had a, a pothos plant in there as well. And um, and it was and, and it I mean and they and it worked. I mean they they bred and then um, but I didn't I didn't like the pothos. It was it was a little I don't know. They they would either dig into the the dirt or they wouldn't climb on it. And I was like, well, if they're not climbing on it, then I'll just take it out of there. And I wanted to put in some horizontal perches instead of you know the diagonal stick, um, thinking that they would use them more. And so I did. And so the the horizontal stick, uh, the horizontal perches, I should say, they use those quite a bit more. And um, I just have plastic uh, plastic plants in there. And uh, mm-hmm. I, and and this year, so for two years I kept them on newspaper and then <clears throat> with a humid hide. And then this year I thought I would try um, Cypress just because I like how it looks. And um, so I got them on Cypress and, um, and the only time I gave them a, a lay box was for, um, um, for laying and they're, they're doing great. So I just think it looks better. And, and that's, that's what I did.
2: So. Cool. Mm hmm
3: awesome uh, so i would love i would love 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 to have things in planted vivaria and um i love systems and so the whole bioactive kind of um kind of thing and the art of keeping snakes like I, I eat that stuff up and i've been cruising um dart frog um forums for a long time seeing how they do it because they're they're quite a bit ahead of um uh a snake people i think in that regard uh-huh. and, and um I I love that. I'm just not in a place to do it yet. Um but I think I think runner Rat would be a fantastic um subject for that because they're not heavy and they will display out in the open and um and just yeah. So one of these days I'll have cool. uh my goal is um I mean don't we all want like the office with the in the wall like Vivarium, you know, yeah. it's all yeah uh, built,
2: yeah you
3: know, so yeah,
2: Definitely. that's uh
3: that's the goal one of these days.
2: Okay, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe I mean I think you hit on this a little bit as through the the uh through through our talk so far, but is there anything special to do heat, light, feeding, anything like that? So um, I'm really, I think a, a disciple of, uh, of Rob
3: Stone in that I don't feed them, I don't feed them that much, and I've kind of gotten to the point where if it, it, kind of one of those things like if I can remember the last time I fed them, then it hasn't been long enough um, <laughs> because they 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 look awesome and the males especially um, like I had this I had this male go months without eating, and I tried you know I was trying. I was trying live mice. I was trying small mice. I was trying rat pups. I was trying chicks. Um, I was trying all this stuff, and then and then I thought, why? He looks awesome. He doesn't look emaciated. He's not acting emaciated. He's he's acting interested, but just not. He's just not taking it. And and so I just said, well, well, screw it. I'll just wait then. And and I mm-hmm. waited, and and literally. Um, a day after, I don't know if this has any correlation, but a day after the female he was with laid eggs, and they were separated. I separated them at the pre-lay shed. Um, but a day after she laid eggs, I fed him, and he ate he, as if he had been eating the entire time. And, I mean, it was just it just a, a, a switch wow. flipped, and he just, boom, he just started eating. Um, so I feed, him, I feed him small meals. Um, like, my males get small mice. Uh, my females, I'll give them, I'll give them an adult my, mouse now for the last two years. They've been getting small mice. Um, and, uh, once every two weeks, once every three weeks, sometimes once every four weeks, just kind of depending on how it is, you know, and, uh, and they do awesome, you know, they really do. And, uh, now the, the babies, I try to, I try to feed the babies, as much as they'll eat, but without me wasting too much money on pinkies, right? So, um, so I'll feed them if I think they're going to eat. And and now what I'll do is I'll I might defrost you know five pinkies and I'll go in and I'll try to feed those. And once those are gone, I'll come back out. I'll defrost five more and I'll go back in. And then um, and then that way they're not refusing, um, uh, they're not all refusing food at the same time. And then I've got to throw all those pinkies away. So I'm trying right. to keep it. But as far as the babies, I would like to feed them as much as they'll possibly eat because I want to get them to to a stage in which they just are confident. And it's really cool to see them reach that after a few months where instead of hiding all the time and instead of looking scared and instead of, um, you know, putting the mouse in the hide and closing it and praying that they eat it, now they're, they're coming out and they're looking for it and they're taking multiple mice off of tongs you know that's um, I want to get them to that stage as fast as possible um, so with the with the little guys I feed them um, quite a bit more but um, once they turn green once they're, once they're bigger then I, I really cut it down and, uh, and they've been doing really well on it very cool mm-hmm. um, can you kind of walk us through what your approach is for
1: breeding the rhinos I mean uh, it's got to be a little bit more complicated than I put the boy in with the girl, but you kind of already said that is how that happens. So. Exactly. Yeah.
3: They're, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, and I've, I've talked to people that have had trouble or that, um, have had, um, they've had uh females reabsorb, you know, they could feel eggs, they could feel follicles, but then they would reabsorb them or, um, or they would lay um like one guy he gave eggs every single year, but every single year they laid them in the water bowl. Um another oh, guy oh, what hell. <laughs> Yeah, you know. And I told him I said, Hey you're I mean you're you're doing something right. You just you just gotta take the water, the water bowl, bowl away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> my, my suggestion
1: to you is take the water bowl out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um but I I I've always cooled mine and Okay. Uh, the people that the people that I've talked to that haven't had success don't cool them or they don't cool them to the extent that I do, or maybe as long as I do. And um, I think people um, are afraid to let a snake or any reptile get down into the fifties, you know, and they, you know, we'll get them to lower seventies or or the high sixties. That's all. And they might go, sure. But I could, I could, I could, keep them at that temp all year round and feed them and they'd be fine too you know so i've i've never and 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 i haven't been at this for this long and i think i was really lucky in the group that i got um and the quality of animals that i got but i i've never i've never had a snake not go and so the first year um i got them in uh, 2014 in april and i just put them together straight away so i kept that pair together and uh and then um, I got them in the mid-April, and by the beginning of May, they were, they were recording. And by June, I saw um, confirmed locks, and then they laid eggs um, at the beginning of July, the beginning of July and the end of July, so 7-8 and 7-22. So this is kind of cool. So that was 2014. They laid at the beginning and end of July. 2015, they laid at the beginning of June and the end of June, like mid-June. And then this year they laid at the end of May and the beginning of June. So it's like their season. It's like they're getting close. They're getting earlier and earlier. And I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's because I'm putting together earlier or, or what it is, but um, the first year I just put them together and I, I couldn't believe anything happened. And I, I, I so that wasn't anything that I did, and I don't know if they were cooled or anything like that. You know, I mean, I got them, I got them from Bushmaster, so, um, I, you know, that was just, I don't know, dumb luck, I guess. And then in 2015, the 1415, I brumated them from December to um, February, so mid December to mid February, at uh, 52 to 58 degrees,
2: <clears throat> and uh,
3: they were in a they were in a wine cooler. I put them in a, in a okay. wine cooler in in uh, in my room and. Um, so they were in six court uh shoe boxes and had a water bowl in there and then sphagnum moss, and uh and they stayed in there and, and um I took them out around valentine's day and started feeding them and then i I paired them up right away and except uh i realized so I paired them up in February and I realized in May that the male I thought was a male was not a male but was a female, so I had three females okay. together okay so I put I put the actual male in, and he started courting immediately, and um, and then and and they both laid eggs. And so I bred. So I kept three of them together: two females and a male, in an 18 by 18 by 24 exoterra. Um, and then um, this year, this season, I I got a, a chest freezer, <clears throat> and because I wanted to breed, I wanted to bromate my uh, milk snakes as well. And I thought I'd be a, I thought it was a genius idea to get this chest freezer and just keep the tanks outside. And so I put heat tape in this freezer so that it wouldn't get too cold. And, um, and in <laughs> like mid-December, it, it was like 80 degrees in Texas. And so I actually had to plug the freezer into the thermostat so that it would cool it down outside. And um, I just put the freezer, uh, it kicked on if it got warmer than 63 degrees. And then the heater would kick on if it got um, if it got cooler than like 55. And so I was keeping them okay. kind of in the uh, the high like the mid to high 50s. And and again I did that from uh, December till about January so Valentine's Day so mid mid February. And this year I did it a little bit different in that I didn't pair them up right after brumation. I um, I just started feeding them and one of the males wouldn't eat. That was the one I talked about earlier. Uh, the females went straight to eating, um, and the other male uh, would eat um, off and on. And then uh, I waited until the females were just about to shed when they were um, just a couple days away from actually shedding. And rhino rat thinks will get really deep in shed, crazy deep. And um, oh, they just turn really, really blue. And, uh, and they love to soak, and they'll soak for days and days and days and days. Um, I just let them do it. I just let them kind of do their thing unless it's their prelay shed. Sometimes their prelay shed, I'll get, I'll get anxious. I'll I'll take them out of the water bowl and put them in the hide box. And then usually, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that speeds it up or not, but, um, it's, it it seems like it does. Um, but anyway, I waited until right before they shed and, and I put the males in. So I did that. This was, uh, like mid to end of May. So it was May 23rd. I paired them up. The female literally shed the next day. Um, and then they were locked up. Five days later, um, and then uh, and then they laid. And I don't I don't do introductions. I mean, other than that first year where it was kind of accidental inter- introductions, I put the female I put the male in with the female, and I just leave them. I leave them until I know the female is gravid, and um, and and then I'll I'll pull them out, and they'll kind of, they'll start ignoring each other. And uh, I'll pull them out, and then usually the female will have her pre-lay shed pretty soon after that, and then uh, and then they lay their eggs. So, and that's it. Very cool. Uh, and then with the eggs, I've done um, I've done vermiculite. You know, it's just one to one and mm-hmm. kind of standard uh, colubrid incubation. And I uh, I've been incubating them at room temperature. So for me in Texas, that's uh, anywhere from 70. Um, 78 to 84 degrees. I wanted to keep it right at 80 the first couple of years. And I know it got up into 84, even 86 briefly. Uh, but I would say the, the mean temperature in there during that whole time was right around 80, 81. And at, at those temps, they, they hatched it around 70, uh, 68 to 77 days is what I had it at. Um, so almost right around like 72 days. And then um, this year, I'm trying to keep them a little bit cooler um just to kind of see what happens and so uh, it's more of like a 77 degrees so um that hasn't been proven yet not not by me anyway so um so yeah and they like they hatch out and and then the real work begins and how is that real work because
1: you heard horror stories so. Yeah
3: and it and you know it's it's um it's a double-edged sword, I think, because on the one hand, I think it's it's why they have, um, I guess, maintained their value for so long is just because they're they're kind of difficult. But again, kind of like a lot of things, kind of like the anatolica and kind of like um, just different anim- just different snakes that people are, oh it's really tough to get started. I I usually have half eat frozen Todd pinkies as their first meal, and generally about, about 25% will eat them. Um, they'll eat them on their own. And I always, I always offer that first. So I want to try, like, my preferred method first to see who will eat mm-hmm. it and, and, and then change things from then on out. And so, um, so what I do is I'll, I'll just put in a frozen Todd Pinky, and um, usually about 25% will eat. And I am thrilled at that. <laughs> and, then, um, and then from there I'll go into strike feeding. So I'll pick the snake up. And I'll let it hang. I want it to hang. And uh, almost like it's in that, you know, like carpet python hunting posture. And then yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bring the, uh, the pinky to it. And a lot of times they'll bite it. And then, and then it's just you play the statue game. You try not to move or breathe and, until they decide to eat it because, because they, they just, they'll just spit it out. And so usually right. about 25, 25% will eat that way. And then you've got 50% that are kind of holding out. Um. And the first year I just, I, I, assist fed and force fed pinky heads and, um, and it would take me hours to, to get through all of them. And, um, and then this year, uh, I experimented with the reptilinks because I like, I like the shape. I like the, the nutritional content. And so I thought, oh, this is great. It, it, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be assist feeding anything, then I'll do something that takes, you know, 30 seconds instead of two minutes or five minutes, you know, and, because um, pinky heads are just pig are pretty big on a, on a hatchling rhino rat snake. Um, they can eat them, but it's a lot easier to feed them when they want to eat it. You know, when they don't want to eat it, it's, it's pretty difficult. And, um, but this year I experimented with the lynx and that went pretty well. And I, I wanted to experiment a little bit further and see if I could do a more hands-off approach because if a snake is going to eat on its own, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what it is, I'm all for it. And so, with fish, I, I didn't want to feed them fish for a myriad of reasons, uh, you know, parasites being one. But also, too, you put fish in a water bowl, they're gonna, they're, they'll be, be belly up the next day. And so I was yeah. thinking, um, you know, maybe they eat fish in the wild, and I'm, I'm not denying that they do. But I think tadpoles would be, a, and frogs and amphibians would be a lot easier to catch. And so okay. I experimented. I experimented with tadpoles. So I got some tadpoles, I put them in the water bowl, and I just tried it with one snake because I thought. If I'm going to kill this snake, I only want to kill one, you know? And so I put, I put, I put a tadpole in its water bowl, and, and this was a snake that had never eaten on its own ever. It was uh, probably four months old, and um, it's like it's like a, a, a switch flipped, and it just went crazy. And it really? was fucking diving underwater, mouth open, side to side slashing until it catches this thing, and then gobbled it down. And um, I couldn't believe it. And, it. and it ate it in front of me while I was watching. So I was like, well, well, great. So I fed another one. I fed another one. And it ate five um, while I was watching. And at this time, I mean, it, it, it's huge. <laughs> you know, like, like it, it, it looks like, I mean, it was huge. I was like, uh, I don't know if it's going to keep it all down. <clears throat> and so I figured if tadpoles are going to kill, it, kill it, uh, a snake, then then this snake is going to die. So I just waited, and it, and it didn't die. And so I said, okay, I think I'm really onto something here. And um, that and awesome. tadpoles, you know, tadpoles can live a lot longer than uh, than fish can, you know, in a in an oxygen-depleted environment. And so I thought, well, this is great. If I could just put tadpoles in there, I could leave, and I could just come back, and they would eat them, you know, kind of freely. Well, I still thought, but I don't know, I don't know necessarily where these tadpoles have been. And one of my projects that I would like to do is I'd like to um, raise uh, race frogs to get tadpoles myself, and I think, um, I think I might do that with red-eyed tree frogs just to kind of experiment it, but I'm on to something else in which I'll put a couple tadpoles in the water bowl, and I'll just wait mm-hmm. for the snake to start hunting, and as he starts hunting, I'll, I've got a pinky in my, in my forceps, oh. and I'll just, I'll just throw that pinky down there, and bam, they're in that hunting mode, and they grab that pinky, and they just gobble it down. They don't, you know, and, and, and then they go back into hunting mode. And so I've got a video on my website kind of, of just showing um, how you can kind of uh, use their aquatic hunting tendencies in your favor. Um, and I'll just take a pinky and kind of wiggle it in the water and, um, you know, so that they know that something's there. And then, and then they'll just touch them on the back. And sometimes they get, they get upset and it's just like a knee-jerk reaction where they turn around and they bite it. And then you go back into, you know, playing the statue game, and you just wait and see if they eat it. And, and most of the time they do. And, um, and it's crazy. So I've got – so that's what I've been doing. So, I've, so now I'm using the – like they're, they're hunting as, as if uh, – so I've got the feeding response as if they're eating tadpoles, but they're not consuming tadpoles, which, which I think might be better, you know, um, right. at least until, until somebody can, you know, uh, secure some – you know, parasites sterile tadpoles, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's been great. That's, and so I've had, cool, I've got, I've got troubled feeders that you know they hadn't eaten on their own for four months, and now they've eaten just as many pinky mice as the ones that have been eating steadily one mouse, you know, every <clears throat> you know every four days or every week or so, because when I'm feeding them in the water, their their feeding response is so so much. I can feed them. I've had some five pinkies at a time. And um and, and and it's like these snakes have caught up. So, um so I'm pretty excited about this next collection. Um it's just getting easier and easier every year.
1: That is very cool. That's very cool. Well, yeah. But I was really well, intimidated I mean, at
3: first and I, too. I
1: mean it sounds like the I would never have kind of leapt to the whole tadpole thing that was
3: Really, kind of.
1: I never would have thought about that one.
3: Yeah. Well, I think we all know that they're not eating pinkies in the wild, right? And then nah. you just kind of figure out what they are eating. And another thing I want to do is um, uh, start raising morning geckos. They're a parthenogenic gecko, super small, and they're really they're really prolific. And I just thought, how cool would that be? You can you can raise them off of uh, you know the crested gecko diets. So they're not eating they're not eating bugs, which in my mind, mm-hmm. if correct if I'm wrong, but I think that would should limit their uh intake of parasites if they're just eating nectar. So maybe then these little little geckos would be uh a clean feeder source, you know. Uh and so I was thinking about that. And um it's oh. something that, that I kinda want to try. If if not with rhinos, maybe with uh you know candoy or something. But uh um, well, you should you know, do I, it so that I can buy geckos yeah. from you for <laughs> when time I get
1: Dominican babies that I want to throw out a window. So there you yeah, go. Yeah
3: yeah do that.
2: Do that.
3: Yeah. I'm all for
1: this. Yeah.
3: And so, um, yeah. Oh. So you know, it's just some some things that I was trying, and and uh, I ended up getting a feeding response that I had never seen before. It was awesome. So that's great. Huh.
2: Isn't that like? Uh, cool.
0: Isn't that like the most exciting thing uh, when you know the baby's eating? Yeah, you're like, oh my god, oh.
2: yes, you know, success. <laughs> 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 oh
0: yeah. It, it's it's and I mean and you,
3: go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say you, you you spend, you know, six months more or less, uh, you know, trying to get to that point. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when you get to that point, you feel like, "Oh yeah, I'm locked in now." I mean, now now mm-hmm. good. You know, now now, mm-hmm. now now it's just uphill. I mean, downhill. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it's <laughs> it's going to be
2: easy. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so,
3: so, even better. I think I posted something on Facebook earlier of an Antaresia eating, a Simpsons python, and I, and it just said, I like watching them eat. You know, those first meals, I like that more than I, I like seeing eggs. I like that more than I like seeing eggs hatching. You know I mean, that I mean? And that's a pretty special thing, you know, to see eggs hatching. But even then you're like, oh, crap, now are they going to eat, you know? But yeah. once they eat, once you know they're going to be okay, then it's just like, oh, okay, all right. You know, I
2: love that. So, yeah, I'm on board with
0: that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I just recently, um, you know, I have a bunch of anteresia in my collection. And, uh, you know, uh, it's definitely definitely different than carpets. So I have this pygmy python that, you know, first of all, I can't believe how small they are. That's the first thing. And then, like, yeah. to feed it a pinky and it'd be like a big meal and, you know, trying to get this to go. And then when it finally eats, you're like, yes, thank God.
2: Because
0: yes. <laughs> I hear, you know, it says with anteresia, once they're going, you know, and they you know, they don't stop. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. getting them going, yeah. you know. Just, yeah. It just seems like that's the hurdle, but... I don't know, I'm on board, too, with you. the whole idea of breeding, uh, you know, a lizard type of thing, uh, some type of gecko or a lizard or something. Uh, I wonder Mm -hmm. why people don't do it. Everybody kind of talked me out of it and said there's no money in it or whatever. But I don't know, you would think that that's one of the things that holds a lot of people back from certain species, and I guess that's Mm -hmm. good in a way, but uh, in another way it makes it – more difficult to get going you know i don't know i i go back and forth with that because then the other thinking is eventually you want to try to wean them away from that uh and get them just feeding on rosenthal rodents um right if you
2: but, but you know what i mean it's, so,
3: it's it's a it's a step in the right direction right so i think
0: um
2: yeah.
3: i think if you can get you know especially i mean think about like the, the Candoya. I, I kind of I kind of got a heart on for candoya right now. And and that's the project that I'm, I'm looking forward to, but, um, but before I'd be like, no, I don't want to, I don't want a a snake that just eats lizards. Right. I'd I'd be, you know, pretty uh, turned off by that, but you know, these are coming straight from the Solomon Islands, you know, and then if you can breed them and say, say it takes a generation that you start on, you know, like lizards or something. Right. Well, that's still a captive born generation. And then, it's got to be easier, you know? I mean, it's just going to be sequentially easier each time you uh, produce another generation and to where, yeah, in 20 years is, if, or, or less, if we can, if as long as we don't give up on a the species, then, yeah, we will have animals that that will eat, uh, you know, pinkies just straight away, you know? Um, or whatever we want, you know, which in, in, this, in this day and age is pinkies. So, you know, but I think it's a right. step in the right direction, you know? Absolutely, and, and if you're not, so, you know, yeah,
0: if you're not what?
3: Go ahead. Uh, I was just thinking, if you're not, um, you know, if you're not mass producer, or mass producing, you know, if you're just doing it as a hobby, I mean, I know some people don't even sell snakes, you know, they just want to, they just want to, you know, breed these snakes because they don't know anybody that has, you know, and right. and you know, who cares? what it, you try, you know, anything, and uh, because. Because getting them established on what the masses want isn't important. Just reproducing it at all is what's, you know, important.
0: I have to wonder, though, I wonder, like, um, you know, does that lead to any, I mean, I know that they'll probably eat it,
2: you know, because
0: I guess life in general, um, the idea is to survive and to, you know, to, to, to be able to reproduce again, but... Like, i wonder if 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 it has any long term effects to mm-hmm. be feeding something something that it shouldn't be eating um, I wonder if like there's some kind of uh you know something that that animal needs that uh prey uh when it is a juvenile you know for i don't know just to, to to make them work, you know, their bodies work better. I guess, uh, you know, it's like, are they going to be missing something from their diet, or, you know, I don't know.
2: I think mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm.
3: sometimes. Well, that's what freaks me out about fish. You know, when I was reading about people feeding fish and stuff, and and uh, there's there's certain <clears throat> there's certain fish that contain this uh, thiamine enzyme or thiaminase that will, I think it inhibits the animal's future absorption of a certain vitamin, and so they'll die. And I think it was discovered in um, mink farms where they were feeding fish to these mink, you know, the weasel, and, uh, and they realized, well, if you feed a certain fish, then, then they all end up dying. Um, and it was because of, I don't know, I guess this, this enzyme that, uh, that were in it. And um, guess what? Uh, goldfish have it. You know, so mm. I've heard of people, you know, raising you know garter snakes and and uh, these other snakes on on this on goldfish and stuff. But I wonder, you know, I do, I wonder what uh, uh, you wonder what what detriment will it will have, you know, later, you know. And on the same token, yeah, you know, maybe maybe they are supposed to be like you said, maybe they are supposed to be eating fish, maybe they are supposed to be eating frogs, maybe there's maybe there's something in there that that is giving them something at a juvenile stage. You know, maybe maybe they're they're easier to digest, or there there's more of something than there is in a rodent. That uh, that you know, maybe they'll grow faster if they're given yeah you know a specific you know thing, and and that that's that really interests me to know
0: uh, and to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like um, blackheads. Um, I think of blackheads yeah. when it comes to animals like that. You know, notoriously. Uh, blackheads feed uh, on other reptiles. You know, makes up a huge part of their diet from pretty much all their life. So,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, you'll, you'll we've had Derek on here before talk about you know the animals getting
2: tumors
0: and dying and you know just like not their body not working correctly and mm-hmm. you know uh, just the overall just unhealthy you know animals. I I think back then he was saying that, um, he was feeding, you know, maybe, uh, rats or large rats. And since then he's changed to a more varied diet and, um, you know, maybe smaller meals more often, um, -hmm. to, uh, to, uh, which he's had better success with, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not against, I would not be against breeding, uh, you know, bearded dragons or, uh, you know, right. whatever, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? To, to feed the right. blackhead. I, I, I wouldn't be against it. I know some people would be against it. A lot, a lot people of people would be mail, against but, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what they do yeah. in the wild. So <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Right. It's, I yeah. don't know. I
3: don't know. Yep. And, and I know we like them and, and I've, you know, I, I, I'm sure I was, in that same realm. You know, why would you feed a reptile to another reptile? That, 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 that don't do that. But but I mean I, I I I get it, you know, there's there's people out there that love rodents that just can't stand, you know, that we feed rodents to the reptiles either. So you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally uh yeah, I mean, yeah, to each everybody has their own thing, you know. So yeah. um so the other that we wanted to talk about is one that's near and dear to both Owen and I. Um, rhino rat. Me
1: more. Rhino, <laughs> rat. <laughs> rhino rat. Oh, you ruined
0: it! You ruined it!
1: You messed up the entire <laughs> show.
2: <laughs> I just. <laughs> <God>. Cancel. Re-edit. <laughs> Stop it! Just kill it! Just
1: scrap it! Uh, Jesus Christ! Rough scale, rough python.
2: scale. the word. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Uh-huh. So
0: yeah, what what is it about I, uh, them? And like, uh, talk to us a little bit about your
2: uh, your experiences
0: with them. What? Again, getting there
3: I remember is it so freaking when, cool, or what? <laughs> there's, I mean, I mean, really? Do you, I mean, do you need any other reason? I guess any further explanation. But I, I mean, come on. I mean, they're just they are <laughs> super cool, right? And it's like it's like you've got all the good things from a carpet python and all the good things from a, a python, and, and you put them together and, and then, and then you rough up the edges and you've got a rough scale python. I mean, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty cool animals. And then, and then furthermore, six years ago or 10 years ago, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing, um, like uh, yeah. snake bites TV when when Brian went to Australia and he was holding one and it's just biting the crap out of him right? the hell out of him and, <laughs> yeah yeah you remember that and, <laughs> yeah. and I was just thinking I thought then I was like that's a cool snake that I'll never must see. have yeah you know but but you thought there was no way there's no way never because gonna happen in Australia you know yeah and um and it's no way and then you you know fast forward and I've 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 got him in my 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 bedroom and I just it it blows my mind and um so. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty cool snakes. In fact, when I went to a Southern Carpet Fest, when I went to Bill's house, the only snakes that I well, other than a couple condras, I guess, but
2: the
3: the only snakes that I held, I, I I beelined to his rough scale pythons because I wanted yeah. I wanted to see him. I wanted to hold them. Right. Uh I yeah. made him show me his diamond pythons. Right. And um, I've got some diamonds here at home. And and then we're up there looking at diamonds and. Somebody pulls out a rhino rat snake, and I'm like, Oh, let me hold it, you know. And so it's like, just crazy. This is all the same animals that I have in my house. But I guess that's a pretty good litmus test that you're working with what you ought to be working with, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they're
2: they're that super is, cool. Exactly
3: you know? it. Yep. Yeah, I was really looking forward to telling you about how she had laid eggs a couple weeks ago
2: <gasps>
3: and all this stuff, but it hasn't happened. So oh my God. I don't I don't know what's going on, and maybe you guys can uh, can help me out here because so last year <clears throat> last year uh, I I put him together and I think I put them together a little later um, and nothing happened right well I should just mm-hmm. say two years ago two years ago I didn't I didn't uh, put him together at all. Because uh, she'd come mm-hmm. down with it. right after I got her, she got an RI, and so we just kind of waited for a while, and then um, and then that first season I put them together, but you know nothing kind of happened, and then it was June, and I was holding her and I felt follicles, and I was oh I was jumping up and down and doing 360. I just bought a Toyota, you know, uh, kicks in the air, thinking this mm-hmm. is great, and then um, and then I checked her. And, and then she shed and I'm like, Oh, this is it. This is it. It's going to happen 24 days mark the calendar and everything. 24 days came, 24 days went, nothing happened. It's like September and I, I check her again and I can feel follicles, but they're like half the size of what they were.
1: Oh. And,
3: and I just thought, Oh man. And so I thought, well, maybe I didn't have, maybe I didn't have the mail in there long enough. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know. And so, and so I put the mail in that day, you know, like September and, um, and so they were paired up um, so basically from September until um, beginning of May, maybe. And uh, anyway, she, she, she was building follicles. I'll, I'll throw up a picture and you can, I don't know if it's an ovulation or not, but I know I put this up on, uh, on the uh, Morelia pick of the week. And I just thought, I mean, this is it. I thought, I thought it was going to happen. And, um, but it, it hasn't. So she shed, which I thought was going to be the pre-lay, and then mm-hmm. 24, 24 you know, days later when they're supposed to lay, I had nothing. And I look at her, and I, I palpated her today. There's still follicles there, but they're not in the, like, last third of her body. You know, they're kind of in the middle. And so I I, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think it? Well, here
0: would be uh, uh, my, my – my thoughts, um, have you tried feed her? Yes, and that's, that's what's different
3: from um, – that is what's completely different from this year and last year. Hey, I'm putting up a link on the chat right now, and it's, it's yes, actually uh-huh. a link to my night, my night vision camera. So if you, well, if you follow that – go on this, yeah. Yeah, you click on here. that, and see, you'll see her cruising around. So that's the so, difference between this year and last year. Last year, she continued to eat. She never went off food. This year, she has not eaten since October. And I've tried... All right. well, I've tri- that's a good sign. Yeah, I've tried chicks. I've tried mice. I've tried rats. I've tried African softfers. I've tried in the nighttime. I've tried warm. I've tried leaving it overnight. Nothing.
0: Do you have uh, the mail still in with her?
3: So uh, I, I, pulled her, I pulled the mail um, before she laid, and then uh and then I listened to the, the the last week's podcast and Owen's talking about hey, it's not too late, you still put
2: Yeah, you well still rambling.
3: So I actually I put the mail back in two days ago. Okay. And they they've been they've been ignoring each other ever since. So I don't know if you're uh if you've got the, the camera up right now, but um I'm pretty sure that's the female cruising around and the male is up in the upper left. He's just cold up, not doing anything.
1: See, all your signs are good though. Cause if they're ignoring each other, it's like, uh, if you put Should. him in two days ago and he went like right over to her and they were cold together, I'd be like, ah, uh, you might be missing something. But yeah. if they're completely ignoring each other, this is a pretty good sign. Cause I mean, obviously when he was in there earlier, did you see signs of them getting really, really close and
3: uptight with each other? Yeah. So at the beginning, there was about a month there where they did. They were, they weren't friends, right? Like they were opposite side of the cage. And then, um, and then there was a, a section there over the winter where they would always be basking together. They'd be basking together, or they'd be in the same hide box together. Like they were, uh-huh. they were together. And, and I never saw a confirmed lock or anything, but uh, right because I couldn't see their tails. But they were together. And then, and then you fast forward a month and they're on opposite sides of the cage again. See, but I've had, I've had,
1: I've had males and females. I've had eggs after eggs after eggs from never seeing a single lock out of animals. Like, you know, locks are great. If you can confirm a lock, that's freaking awesome. But I've had it both ways. I've had, a female and male that won't leave each other alone are locked up every day, nothing. And I've had what would seem to be like, you guys must hate each other, X. So it, it, that, that it, the fact that they were with each other, fasting and in the box, that's a great sign. And especially because she won't eat, she looks swollen as hell. She's holding them up real high. So what you may have had is, she may not have even gone through her, relay shed or anything like that, she could still be gravid. Is what I'm basically trying to get at here. Um, so I could, I but, could have been early. Is what, so exactly cause, yeah. And, yeah, and I've had a female coastal carpet lay eggs without ever having a shed. So oh, okay. stranger shit has happened. <laughs> so,
2: so I've had. Uh, go
0: ahead. That, no, that, that, that no, no, that no. I was just so, going to say you know,
1: that you said that. <laughs> Go ahead. Finish, no. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, <laughs> what I was going to say is that, you know, it, it, there's a lot of the times those things are great guidelines. You know, sheds and prelay sheds and ops sheds and blah, blah, blah. But no one ever told the snake this is what it's supposed to do. So, it's going to do whatever the hell it wants. So, a lot yeah. of times. Shit like that happens. So now Eric will talk and I will close my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this house works. You got um,
0: to <laughs> oh. me. I, I was going to say that um, I've had females do a shed that I thought was the pre-lay shed, but actually mm-hmm. it was a shed before the pre-lay shed.
2: Um, okay.
0: I, I pretty much locked it in that that was a pre-lay shed. And then, right when she was going she should have been laying. She went into another shed, and I'm like, "What the heck is going on here?" Um, yeah. And Nick was telling me, I forget exactly how he explained it to me, but basically, because when the females, it, her follicles are growing, obviously she, you know, she just it pushes her into a shed, um, and then when she ovulates again, that pushes her into a shed. Uh, that's that's the uh, cliff notes version Of what he was saying But um, I don't know I, I, If she's not eating To yeah. me that's a good sign But what I was going to yeah, say okay. too Is that if she did start to eat My feeling would be that um, I, I'm just, I don't know if you've heard me Talk about this on the show But um, I've had it to where I've had females that were sort of on the fence And mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden I would feed them and it would push them right into ovulation. Okay. So, should I leave the male in?
3: I
1: say. I would. Leave him in, give him probably about another week, but you said you're moving Friday? Friday. Friday. So, you (laughs) and Friday. And so. This, (laughs) This <laughs> huh, so I, yeah, I, thought, I thought I was
3: gonna be I thought I was going be moving eggs I was all all nervous about eggs, and oh, I've got these python eggs, and uh, I don't want to lose them and, and all this stuff, and well I'm, you still might
1: I'm be. <laughs> So, and, and here's the other thing you might i imagine are you guys driving all the way from Texas directly to South
3: Carolina, or are you guys stopping we're gonna stop ways? we're We're going to stop uh, one time. So we're planning on driving. uh, My in-laws live uh, in northeast Texas. So we're planning on driving five hours the first day and then set 12 hours the next day. Okay.
1: (laughs) Just so you don't tweak out too much with this idea is you may be stopping and setting up some python eggs after the first leg of the trip.
2: Because sometimes (laughs) being in a vehicle,
1: I have had a female jungle that was impacted egg-bound. I took her to the vet, and she got a shot of Pitocin to induce labor. And I'm going think, and they're like, okay, within the next 48 hours, I had, she had the clutch in the car on the way home.
2: So oh, man. that
1: was being induced with drugs. But just so you know, yeah. just to add some more fun to your little trip here.
2: So, um,
1: <laughs> but I would say put the mail in until Friday, and then when you get to your new place and you get everybody set up, see what she's doing, see how she's acting yeah. if she hasn't, she might lay eggs when she gets there she might decide that now is when she wants to start breeding with um, whatever so you might yeah. want to either throw him in there once you get there because sometimes like we said before, taking an animal for a car ride gets the juices flowing so I would not be mm-hmm. surprised if you moved, you set her up and she laid eggs or you moved mm-hmm. you set them up and then they were locked which makes us not know anything about rough scale season at all, and <laughs> yeah. we'll go from there, so
2: yeah.
1: yeah hopefully you're you're just setting up some eggs, but yeah i I'm, I'm
3: hoping that the uh I'm hoping that the, it's it's not over for the season, but yeah, last year when when she ate it just it broke my heart. I was like, oh,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, it's
3: done. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> so, but sometimes uh,
1: that doesn't but, do it either. Cause I, I had a female eat oh, uh, four days before she laid her eggs, and I was, and I okay. did the same thing. I'm like, "Oh, you didn't. You're you're not gonna have it." And then she just like laid like ten. I'm like, "Never mind. I don't know what the uh-huh. hell is going on with you." So yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Sometimes they do
1: well,
2: that. Yeah,
3: I'm still I'm still hoping. I'm hoping, but I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <clears throat> I mean, you'll be the first to know. Excellent. Nobody else can know. Just know so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But and and everybody in the immediate uh, vicinity will hear my shouts of <laughs>
2: screams, of uh, screaming, <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah. That might
3: be a
1: great way to introduce yourself to the neighbors of your new place. Is like, oh, by the way, these screaming—that
3: was me. Yeah. So there you go. I'm yeah. pumped. I got I got snakes written into the lease on this place. I'm Oh. Uh, I'm really excited about it. He, um, <laughs> he goes, when I met him, he said, he said uh, it's kind of a, 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 an acre lot next to a, 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 like an adjoining 50 acres, which his whole family owns, and they've got cattle on it and stuff. And he says, yeah, he says, if you mm-hmm. want to have chickens, you can have chickens. And uh, it's still in town, It's in uh, the town of Greenville. And, and uh, I said, cool. I says well, I'd really like to raise meat rabbits. And he says, yeah, that's fine. And then when he shoots me the lease, it says no pets, like no animals. And so I told him. I said, "Hey, what about the chickens and the and the rabbits?" And I said, "And by the way, like I breed snakes, so I've got a couple of those."
2: And so he sends me back the lease,
3: and he's he's got allotments in the lease for uh, eight chickens, uh, ten rabbits, and six snakes. And I'm just six. thinking,
2: mm. six, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: so mm. so I, I just mm. said, I said, "We're on our way over," and we went over, and mm. and um, he said, so so how many snakes do you have? And I said, you mean breeding pairs? And, um,
2: so we, we got,
3: we got, I got, he goes, well, there's a six in the lease. I'll just add a two to it. And I says, all right, yeah, that'll work. But breeding yeah, pairs. Yeah, that's fine. Pairs. Yeah. I said, excluding, I go, excluding offspring, right? And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he annotated it, excluding offspring. So,
2: oh,
1: that's,
3: <laughs> <fantastic>. <laughs> that's fine. So I'm pretty, I'm
1: pretty pumped about that. Oh. That is very good. Yeah. So, Eric and I went to Nerd, uh, Northeast Reptile, whatever the hell. Um, Yeah. And we were brought into the room full of ball pythons. New England Reptile distributors. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. I I immediately glassed over. Like, my eyes were gone. I I couldn't hear people. Uh, So there was no interest of anything that was going on. And then someone opened a cage with an Asian cave-dwelling rat snake in it. Yeah the rest of the, like, 15, 20 minutes we spent in the room was just me and Eric filming and poking around with this animal. And uh, that is kind of how you immediately became on my radar because, like we talked about uh, with the show, I immediately went home and Googled everybody who had them.
2: So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: what what species do you work with? And can you kind of talk about those guys for a little bit?
3: So I've got the Ridley eye. And, okay. Uh, and uh, I, same thing, man, they, they were so hard to find when I was looking for them. And, like, the closest thing I could come up to was, like, a seven-year-old fauna ad. And um, so I was, they were on my radar for quite a while. And, and honestly, and, again, this is a snake I would never, never seen in the flesh ever. Um, but I had seen them. Um, um, there's a cool natural history video on YouTube about, it's, it's a video of, of these snakes hanging down from, a cave in Indonesia, hunting bats, and I just That's thought awesome. that that, nat- that natural history was awesome, and um, <laughs> and I used to listen to uh, uh, the other Hurtcast. Uh, it was a podcast that uh, that was just about the other stuff, right? Like just cool uh, cool snakes and and um, and Hawkenberry. I think Jim Hawkenberry. I think he's got cave dwellers, and so he would always kind of sprinkle the conversation with with these cave rat snakes and how cool they were. I was like, man, because I want some of these snakes. And um, I couldn't find them. And then, um, and then I saw a dude on uh, Facebook had eggs. They hadn't, I don't even think they'd hatched yet, but he posted up that he had eggs. And I just sent him a message, and I just said, I'll sit, uh, like, how much? Like, I want them. And, uh, yeah. and so he told me. I just paid him in full right, right away And um, after they hatched actually hatch it was summertime in Texas and he didn't want to ship them because it was too hot. And I was, I was completely, I was fine with that. And um, so I was just waiting for him to be able to be shipped. And in the meantime um, I saw uh, an ad for uh, a pair of adults and I was like, well, okay. So I got those so I actually ended up getting
0: <laughs> before I right. got
3: these uh, hatchlings. And, um, and I, I was reaching, I, I reached into uh, the bag just expecting to get lit up. Just expecting to get tagged. hell. Okay. And and they were pussy cats. They were just like I was picking up a seven foot long corn snake. Um and I couldn't believe it. And and both of them were that way. The male was that way and the female was that way and um and they've continued to be this way. And I've added another uh I've got one point two adults right now and I've added another female, and, and she's the same way. She's not, she's not aggressive um, at all. And you know, if you just get in there and, and get them, um, they're fine. But I have noticed if you let them go back into their cage, kind of back into their territory, and you kind of hang out, <laughs> they'll turn mm-hmm. around and then they kind of change their mind, and they're like, "Okay, now, now you need to go." <laughs> and um, <laughs> that, I've had enough of you. Yeah, yeah, but but they're real vocal in 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 letting you know, you know, when, when it's time and when it's not. And
2: um, man, they just,
3: they've been really good. And so I, again, this is a snake that I I was reading up on and people are yeah, we don't, we don't give them very much heat. um, Which I think is a little bit different from other beauty snakes. I think a lot of people say keep them hot and feed them a lot, but, um, but uh, that's not been my experience. You know, people say, no, 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 keep these a little bit cooler. And so I don't give them any heat. They're on the floor in the snake room and uh, they get cooled just like uh, the pythons and everything. Maybe even a little bit further, like down into the uh, like mid 60s for a little bit. And I pair them up early um, in the season, like in uh, like November, and I just keep them together until uh, until she has her prelay shed, and um, which is uh, right around May. And last year, <laughs> last year I did a lot of uh, is she isn't she is she isn't she. And I was like, no, she's not gonna, she's not gonna go. And then I came home to 15 perfect eggs. Um, wow. And so, so that was pretty cool. And then this year, I don't know if uh, I had a trio, t- a trio together instead of uh, just a pair. And I don't, I don't know if that did anything because the female is a lot bigger this year than she was last year. And so I thought that this was going to be a monster clutch, but she ended up having. Um, she ended up having about nine of which four are good. And then she had retained a few. Um, there was three left that just didn't, I was waiting for her to pass them and she passed one and then I palpated the other two out. And um, so I don't know if that was just a freak occurrence. Cause it was last year was 100% fertility. Um, and this year I don't know what the reason was for the lower fertility, but, uh, but there are, they're pretty cool man and and you know there's uh there's really colored ones and um with the blue heads and the bright yellow and the peach and the striped tail i mean it's like i took them to a show and they're in a deli cup and, and people are walking by and they said how many snakes are in that deli cup and i said there's just one and it says it looks like there's three different snakes in there I mean, because you've got a striped tail and you've got a pattern yeah you know mid-body and everything and i says yeah man it's a, it's a cool it's a cool snake and and i took um I took an adult to the show as well, and, and I passed that thing around like it was a corn snake. You know, people loved it. Um, so, uh, they're... That is cool. They're pretty cool. They get they get pretty big, but, you know, they're pretty easy to take care of. So, you said so you, 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 you should get them
1: kind of... I, I, I have Vietnamese blue beauties, but that's only because I... I guess I was clicking on the wrong links, but they kind of like them, <laughs> but... <laughs> they're psychotic. They're, they bite everything. Um, I show uh-huh. them food, and they get way too excited. I mean, uh-huh. they're thrashing around their bin. They're slapping their tails everywhere. They're open-mouth hissing, biting everything in sight. I have to do yeah. that and then put the food down and close them up, and then they'll eat it. Um, but they're so cool. You can't really hold them because they do, like, this twisting thing so that they keep sticking yeah. out of your hand. So it's yeah. like you're, just, and you're exactly correct you look at the head of the animal, the midsection, and the tail, and it's like three different sets of pattern, and it doesn't look like it connects, so. Yeah. But they were, they're they're, they're kind of like yours, but not, but I, they're on my list, they're again, yeah. my, my list is vast, and other animals <laughs> keep bumping other animals in certain places, and you know, also what's in front of me, so, um, but like you said with you you said everybody because I think I was told by the breeder of my Vietnamese keep them cool and kind of feed them. She said to feed them like two or three times a week, which I'm like, the hell I'm going to wow. do that. I'm wow. going to feed them like I'm feed them like a baby carpet python, and they're going to do fine. So um, <laughs> it was kind of one of those things. So I mean, obviously with yours, you said to keep them low. Um, do you use any kind of lighting on them? And, and your feeding increments? I mean, is it kind of like with the rhinos, where if you remember when you fed them, it's been too soon?
3: No, I feed. I do feed them a little bit more. Um, yeah, you know, they're 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 big snakes, and so I I feed them um, no more than once every two weeks. And when I was working on the oil rig, you know, I worked two weeks on, two mm-hmm. weeks off, and so I think. I think the snakes benefited from a little bit of that uh,
2: benevolent neglect,
3: where I was just absent for half the month, you know, and um, so, but I feed them a little. I feed them more, and um, I tried to get the female um, pretty heavy for for breeding, just to see uh, how that would go, and and then um, the male's always down, but he's so active. He's such a he's such a good breeder. Um, he's so active and stuff that, uh, he stayed pretty slender. But, um, but I, I offered him heat, uh, a a heat lamp at one point. Um, well, not even a heat lamp, just a, just a light bulb to see if they would bask or to see if they would use it. And they, they really, I felt like they shied away from it. So I don't keep them dark, but they, they're in a, you know, they're in a vision cage that, uh, it doesn't have any light. So they're only getting light from the room. Um, got it. And, uh, and then I've you know, so for for what that's worth. But what I what really turned me on to them was I, I was thinking of how cool would it be to build a big cage that just looks like a cave, you know, with drippings to lactites, you know? And yeah. you, know, you could put you know, you could put like the I don't know, there's glow in the dark fish, um not the ones that they inject with glow in the dark stuff, but there's like actual bioluminescent fish and I thought how cool would that be to put you know, bioluminescent fish in this like cave paludarium. And um, I was looking in, you know, how you get uh, bats, you know, to put in it. And people really frown on keeping bats in captivity, I guess. so
2: so that, that was a a dead (laughs) end.
3: But I still think, I still think that would be a pretty fantastic exhibit. And, um, um, but they're, they're pretty cool snakes. And, and, you know, blue, everybody loves blue um, in the reptile world. And, and they've got blue heads. So, Uh, you can't beat that that is true um
1: for breeding of these guys is there anything special other than kind of like you said with the brumation and shucking them together or is there anything else you need to consider yeah
3: i don't even know if i'd call it a true brumation i guess it is i mean you're definitely cooling them down i guess it is it's just a little bit shallow um i didn't take them that that cold and um, and I fed them throughout. You know, I kept feeding them. And, um, but what people told me was just chuck them together and leave them together as you cool them, and you'll get eggs in the spring. And that's what I've done, and that's what's what happened. That's what happened. You know? <laughs> but, but, again, you know, I know a lot of colubrid people are kind of, uh, they'll introduce them for a couple of days and pull them, or, or they'll rotate their males or they'll do something like that. And and I'm not saying that that,
2: that doesn't
3: work or wouldn't work, but, but that's not, you know, I've got a pretty small collection, so uh, once animals are paired up they're they're paired up so i've I've left those in for months and uh and then when I know the female is gravid, that's when I pulled a male cool so cool. yeah but what's interesting with those is there's a paper mm-hmm. there's a chi- there's a chinese paper that um suggests that um that their sex is temperature dependent and so oh, really they, they had all these clutches and they incubated them at varying temperatures, and um, and I think I think the paper suggests that they may be uh, temperature uh, dependent, but didn't you know? Is still results were inconclusive. Well, I had like I had 15 eggs last year, and I had two females and 13 males. So I think there wow. could be some. I think there could be some. Uh,
2: some that is some cool. Yeah. It's not cool,
3: Owen. It's not cool. It would be cooler. If
1: cool. There are
2: 13 no. females like it. and two males. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it,
1: you, okay, you got the shit end of this stick. But I think that what happened. Shut up. Never mind. Move on.
2: So,
3: <laughs> but it would be it would be awesome if that's true, because I you mean, can how, figure it out. Yeah. Exactly, you know. And then if you had unrelated clutches, you could you could incubate, you know, <clears throat> one clutch at eighty-two degrees and the other one at seventy-six degrees, and you'd get all males in one clutch and all females in the other. And you know, if, if that's how it worked out, you know, that'd be pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can do it with turtles and crocodiles; they've been able to do it, um, you know, all along. But um, but it's a, it's a pretty cool paper. And in that paper, they they fed them uh, quail eggs exclusively. And uh, really, I thought that was. I thought that was pretty cool too. And so, um, I had a, uh, I had a lapse of judgment where I, I got some wild caught, uh, dog tooth cat snakes, some Boiga cynodon species. And, uh, and uh, so I got a bunch of quail eggs. I was going to try to get them to eat and, and I threw some in with the cave dwellers and they didn't, they didn't eat them, but I didn't, I didn't really try to get them to eat them necessarily. I just kind of put them in there and saw what would happen. But, but I'd be curious to know, you know, if you could train them to eat them, you know, poke a hole in the egg or something like that, if they would do it. But, but, uh, I, I I don't know. I, I think that's kind of interesting. That is very cool. That's, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool species for sure. Um, so we are, what, maybe now 20 minutes away before we get cut off. Um, I wanted to, uh, there's actually three things I wanted to talk to you about, but uh, first let's do um, maternal incubation with the uh, Substance mm-hmm. Python Clutch. Um, what was your experience like? I know, uh, you know, I think uh, when we were at Carpet Fest, you were kind of, well, you know, asking, what do you do? <laughs> said, You don't do nothing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah let kind of it go. Do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what about the humidity? <laughs> don't worry, you don't do nothing. <laughs> Yeah, she'll do it. She got
3: it. Yeah. That was literally that was literally our conversation for I think ten minutes. <laughs> it was just you you <laughs> saying you don't do you don't do anything. You do nothing. You just leave you them and then You kept
1: bringing something up things, things and kept saying nothing. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it turns
3: turns out you're yeah, you were right. And
1: uh
2: <laughs> it is
3: <laughs> you know. I came home and I I just stopped doing anything. I was like, All right, you know. And um and it it was awesome and unfortunately um i didn't i didn't get to see them you know peeking out of the coils but uh i was getting ready for the show cuz they came early and um well. uh, earlier than i thought that they would and 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 i think the reason for that being is that they were um they were kept pretty warm uh the first half of incubation so i didn't have a very good uh thermometer okay in there and they were at 96 degrees when, when I put, when I switched thermometers, the thermometer read 96 degrees. So I don't know how long they were at 96, but I think that's why they were, uh, they went early. Um, But they, all of them, all of them, but one hatched and, and one of them was uh, just full term dead in the egg. And, um, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was awesome. But so there was a show that weekend and as I've got them in a, in a vision rack and my, my, temperature and humidity probe is right where I can see it right by the door. And as I was walking out the door, I just, I just noticed that it read hundred percent. Well, the humidity had never for the whole incubation been over 68%. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I was like, Oh no, why is it at a hundred percent? And then I look in there and all the eggs are deflated and the female is in the water bowl. And it took me a couple of minutes to realize, Oh, they hatched. So, hmm. um, yeah I go you know pick up the water bowl, and there's you know six little <coughs> six little giraffe patterned worms in there and um it was cool, man i mean it was so so cool and everybody so I've heard this on 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 your podcast on another per podcast and people just they swoon over antaracia, and I didn't get yeah. it I get it now
2: they are so <laughs> yeah. cool
3: and like you know, people say, "Oh, they're a hundred percent Python, but just in a little package." I didn't know what that meant, and and it's hard to articulate what that means. But but they are, they're they're one hundred percent Python, and unless and until you get them and until you work with them. Um, and I think the babies even more so than the adults. Um, I don't know if yes. you fully appreciate, but but I'm hooked, man. I I, I thought they were I thought it was so cool. And initially, I got them <laughs> one because I had space, right? Like empty cage, syndrome i mm-hmm. had some. Some racks oh, over. Oh, I could, that. you know, I could yeah. get some. You know, so I was thinking spotted pythons because they're the biggest. But then, kind of, you know, uh, I wanted to be the guy that had something that, you know, not everybody had. And so I really liked the look of Stimson's pythons. And um, and uh, Dave Haston hooked me up um, big time with his and um, with some adults. And um, and that was the that was the plan from day one was to do maternal incubation. And, um, and I thought I was going to do it. I got an older female and a younger female and both of them proven. And I was going to do it with a bigger female just because I thought she was bigger, you know, but she laid a pretty big, she laid a pretty big clutch and she didn't lay them in a perfect pyramid. So she was having a little trouble uh, staying on top of them. And, um, and that was when I was freaking out about humidity and everything else. And so I had a, I had a, a nest box in there with sphagnum moss, and the sphagnum had dried out. And so I went to uh, spray it, and as I'm spraying one side of the shoebox, I just see the water pooling underneath her, like it's just running to the other side and pooling underneath her and the eggs. And so I, I just I grabbed her and the eggs, lifted them all out, and then they went into the incubator. And um, so I incubated those, and then um, the smaller female, she was she was on top of hers. Really good, and uh, and it was it was awesome, man. Like you said, you just they they know what to do, and I don't know why it's so hard for us to realize that or to wrap our minds around. Uh, you know, they know what to do because that's what they do in the wild. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I'm gonna keep doing it. So
0: I was determined to do that for my very first clutch that I ever hatched, simply because <laughs> I didn't want to have. I wanted to break that stigma from the gate. You know what I mean? I, yeah. did, I, I didn't know any better. So
2: yeah. it was what it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, you yeah. know, I don't,
0: you know, I think when you have this idea, I find myself now more, you know, getting to that, um, I guess that phase where you're sort of like, well, I really, I really want this clutch to hatch and what if something goes wrong and, you know, so you're you you you're like, I know they'll hatch in there. So you kind of like, mm-hmm. you, you start to doubt, you know, because I, yeah. I you know, so I, I wanted to make sure that I did that from the gate. You know, everybody made fun yeah. of me for it, but I'm glad I did it because <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I know you're coughing over there, Ellen, but it's just I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Owen says, "You're crazy, man. What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm going to do all of them maternal incubation. You're not." Yeah. And I was like, "I'm doing You're it all." you know. And then the incubator breaks,
1: and <laughs> <when> she doesn't <laughs> rattle. <him.
0: laughs> then who you calling? But on. uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I don't know. It's just uh, you know, my goal now is to maternally incubate each
2: species
0: of Australian pythons, and uh, you know, cool. That that'll be cool. uh, that'll be a fun little pet project for my of for me. Uh, it, I wanna
1: see so. you I wanna see you twitch when you get the imbricata clutch. And I'm like you <laughs> supposed to maternally incubate those and you know, then watch you like go into convulsions about it. So You
3: know
0: he will you know, know. I you know, I, know I, he will. I know. He'll be, be right, strong cold, full, yeah. full
2: as a cucumber. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> know. Yeah.
0: Uh, right. Diamond pythons. I'm really interested to see because from from what I've been told that they actually build nests. So, uh, so that, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm, just, what is, didn't
1: didn't Greg just put up a picture of his laying eggs and like I'm like I think there's a python in there. I see a bunch of eggs yeah. and then moss. <laughs> so yeah.
3: you know, that's yeah.
1: cool. And you know yeah. I
3: was reading. Um, I was reading some paper about uh, breeding uh, black-headed pythons, and I think it was like, like some out of some zoo or something. But they had used sand. It was either sand or gravel as a substrate, and uh, mm-hmm. the the black-headed pythons would would dig with their with their necks. You know, I've seen um, like cerastes do it, like horned vipers in sand, yeah. mm-hmm. scoop sand. You know, and um, I, I guess I wow. never thought about um, pythons doing that. But it said it would it would get under like there was a a big rock in there or something and it would get next to the rock and it would scoop out a place for it, you know? And, and I often wonder about the, uh, the behaviors that we're not seeing because of what we're not providing, you know? And, and it's not necessary, right? Like they don't need sand to dig in. Right. But, um, but I think, you know, I think a lot of people that aren't snake people, they get bored easily when they just see a snake laying in a box, and um, yeah, and I and I know, man, that would be really cool behavior to see, you know. Um, but yeah. it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, think, pythons. I mean, building nests. You know, all this stuff.
0: Yeah, I think of uh, I think of I can't find it anywhere, but there's this show. It's called Killer Instinct, and it was by, mm-hmm. uh, I think is I guess is his name Rob Rob Rattle. It was it was yeah. the son of the of the guy that found he was sort of like you know like a Steve Irwin type of guy in Australia I guess before Steve Irwin yeah. was popular anyway he did this the special bushman. on um, yeah. yeah that's the guy um, that guy yeah. so yeah. he did he did this special on pythons Australian pythons and mm-hmm. um, in it he was showing how woma pythons actually walk well, I shouldn't say walk they like they only put two spots of their body on the sand at one time. So they're not actually completely on the sand because of how hot the sand is. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, that I, I've never heard anybody talk yeah. about that. Like I've never heard that at all. And then I'm watching it here on TV and I'm like, wow, that, they're just, that's when I kind of fell in love with woma pythons. Um, you know, I, yeah, it's just, but you're you're right, man. It's just it, it, things like that, like you know, are, we're you know, are, we're not giving them the environment to do it, and they don't necessarily need to do it. But man, it was, sure it would be cool to see things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, yeah, cool. I, I, I urge anybody out there, you know, that uh, is on the fence with maternal incubation. I mean, we've had multiple guests on that, you know, you just do it, man. <laughs>
2: you, know, you
0: just, I think yeah, my point was, can... Jesus, Jesus, take
2: the wheel, that Peer, <laughs> 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. you know? what yeah, you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to uh, come on and say,
3: oh, I tried maternal incubation and it was boring and I'd never do it again no. You
2: know. Like it's,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's certainly not boring. Sure. Yeah. Um, you yeah,
2: know <laughs> cool stuff. Uh, <laughs>
0: all right. Uh I guess Owen will hit on uh the uh the closing, closing question before we uh closing run
1: question. out of time. But uh, Yeah. The closing question is if you could work with any species without limitations by law or price,
3: what would it be and why? Uh, there, there's a couple. So, uh, Owen Pelley uh, <laughs> oh, oh, right. oh, Yeah, and, nice.
2: <laughs> and,
3: and, and I'm, I'm following, uh, Gavin in Australia and working on that project. And I, I hope, I hope it works, you know? And, um, and again, you, you would have told me that, you know, six years ago or, or, or whatever. I said, no, never going to happen. You know, you're never going to see him outside of Australia, yeah. you know, Australia. But I said the same thing about Ruffy. So, um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if in my in our lifetime or maybe Owen oh, and I's nice lifetime, uh, you know we see, you know. <laughs> so, um, but other um, than that, so Owen oh, Owen oh, yeah. would be cool. Um, but also, uh, yellow-lipped speed rates um, I think would be awesome, yeah, yellow-lipped sea case did, uh, speak sea crabs
2: yeah.
3: I there's, there's, there's a couple zoos that have, that have tried and um, one is in Malaysian Borneo, which I think they just, I mean, if they die, they just go in their backyard and get more. Um, another <laughs> one was in Europe, like Denmark or something like that. And, and I, I, I lost, I don't know what happened with those. Um, <clears throat> there's a, there was a aquarium of the Pacific in California that had some. And then um, that was maybe five years ago. I know they had them. And then I checked recently, and they don't have them anymore. So I assume that wow. they died. Um, and they were, I think they said they were feeding them uh, freshwater eels at the time. And then, because they eat, they eat eels, like moray eels in the wild. Mm-hmm. Well, I went, to a, uh, I went to a reef store here in town, and I asked them, I said, hey, why don't people breed morays in captivity? And apparently there's a, uh, a kind of pelagic um, larval stage. That they go through, and they said there's no filtration system that can that can handle that like they just all get sucked up in the the filter. so basically these morays are like akin to plankton for a life stage of their life, and oh. so it's you know pretty hard to uh pretty hard to reproduce them in captivity i guess so um, uh, and that's their natural food um there's a There's a paper that I read where some college in uh, North Carolina brought in uh, like twenty three and at the end of the paper, I think six were alive. So oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, why it's, uh, it's so difficult to, uh, to keep them alive. I know some, some zoos have had success with sea snakes. Um, but I just think, oh, they're so cool. They're, um, you know, they got those. I mean, they're blue, right? So blue in herbicultures is, is you know, awesome. And uh, they're pretty cool. And I saw one. In when well, I was snorkeling off the north coast of Sumatra, Indonesia, and <clears throat> I spent like 45 minutes with this snake in 15 feet of water, and um, it was just it was just cruising around the coral, you know, hunting. And I would I'd get a breath, and I would go down, and I'd get it. Uh, I, I don't know if this is smart or not, but I would uh I I'd, I'd just kind of pick up its tail, and it would wrap its tail around my finger, my index finger. And I would just mm-hmm. carry it around the coral as it was hunting, right? So it's just peeking in every little nook and cranny and stuff. And then as I ran out of air, I would just slide it off my finger. It wasn't very long. It was only like 18 inches long. It was a small one. Yeah. And uh, I would come up for air, and I would just wait. And it would come up for air, and then it would dive straight down, and I would follow it down. And I did that for like 45 minutes, and it was just awesome. It was awesome. So, that sounds so That's that would be my dream
1: for sure. Alright. But Owen Ply-
3: Until then, I'll take an Owen Ply- Until Ply- then, Owen Ply- Pelly yeah. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> so
1: now this question is probably a hard question because you've done it. Um if you could go field herping in anywhere in the world without limitations, where would you go and what would
3: you be hoping to find? <laughs> well, um, you can't not say Australia, right? Because, <laughs> uh, and, and I've, I mean, I've been there, but I haven't seen, uh, you know, I, what I saw, I saw an accident, you know? And so I would love right. to go back. I would love to go back and try that and to see, you know, to see everything, you know I mean? To go up into the top end and, and where you see what, six pythons in the same area, six different species of pythons or, or, uh, you know, all that. So Australia would be, um, would be awesome. Um, apart from that, I think um, uh, I, I, the animals in Southeast Asia I would really like to see, but like uh, there's a rainbow tree snake in Borneo, Goniophis margaritatis, or something like that, and it's like a cross between a uh, tiger rat snake and a. Uh, uh red tailed green rat snake like but it 's just rainbow colored it just it looks amazing. Um, I would love to go and find one, but i 've hurt in Borneo and i 've not found much so while the biodiversity might be really high, I feel like the bioabundance is relatively low. In contrast, you can compare that with like South America, where um, the the diversity is high and the abundance is low, and so i 'm itching to go back. To uh, South America and, and herp that there's still a lot of snakes that I, that I hadn't seen um, I'd like to see a Bushmaster when I knew it was a Bushmaster um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, um, you know corallus and see Anulatus um, in the wild would be awesome um, and, then, and then rhino rat snakes you know I'd love to see a rhino rat yeah. snake as well. that would be cool Yeah, basically right. anywhere <laughs> Take anywhere. me anywhere. Basically,
2: I'll all of it. the places. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: I will herp it. Yeah, yeah. You want, Hey, but I'll just say this publicly: is if if you, I will carry your bags. I'll carry your luggage <laughs> throughout your. I'll be your. I'll be your caddy for your whole Australia trip. <laughs> <laughs> just say the word.
1: Uh, Jeez. First, let's first oh, let's I, mail it down. Uh, I found out I had yeah. a little bit of a problem with my birth certificate that's preventing me from getting a passport that I'm <coughs> correcting.
3: Oh, no. Let it be known, uh, Jim
1: McIntyre will never correct typos, even when they're his fault, <laughs> even oh, when it's 30 no. years later. So, uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'll get it done. But, yeah. get it. Come
0: on, so, Jim from Morgantown.
1: Pull Jim, it together. you son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> get it done.
1: My my name is four letters. How could you misspell it? It's like, I don't
0: understand. <laughs> but we won't get into Even it. I could spell it. Thank you.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, Terry, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you to check out your collection, to get put on the list below Owen for rough scale python babies, um, <laughs>
3: any of those things, how would they do that? Where would they find you? Um. Uh, the best thing is to email me i love i love email it's easier to keep track of people and um and I don't get a face rec- a facebook request for it um my email is uh burwell Terry at gmail com and um, i think that's uh i think that's the best way or my most preferred way um i started uh, i started a blog kind of thing a <laughs> website and uh um, <laughs> and I have to actually. It's it's uh, tvsnakes.wordpress.com. So I'm um, putting up, you know, my my projects and kind of my thoughts and things there, and using that as a creative outlet. So, um, and then there's a link there to my uh, to my email address. So, uh, absolutely. If anybody uh, wants to chat snakes, I I love it. Cool. Awesome. That would be the best well, way.
1: Well, awesome. Thanks thanks for coming on and pointing out that you know all the really cool species that uh, both Eric and I both want. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, checking out all the uh, really cool places that you've gone and how, you know, we could just really want to just live one month of your 20s would have been awesome, or 30s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been great. Mm-hmm. Our, our one trip is like a week of your life from, you know, <laughs> when you were younger, and it's perfect. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. But, again, thanks for coming on. It was great talking to you. At Carpet Fest, and now even more so. So, and God, I hope you have good luck with those rough scale eggs. So, yeah, i'll
3: I'll keep you all I'll keep you all posted. That's uh that's gonna be huge. Yeah,
0: awesome. we're definitely gonna have Very to do uh to to hit you up if uh, you know. For one, we want to hear some more of those stories, and uh, you know, I, we didn't get to talk about your diamond pythons
2: or your annualy no. boas. Yeah. No. So, yeah. 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 We'll have to do a round a two of you're up episode for it, now. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, any any it, anytime,
3: anytime. You bet. This was uh, this was and, a lot of fun. I was... And you're gonna be in. You're
1: gonna be an hour. Well, I'm gonna say neck of the woods. You're gonna be closer to us soon, so we are gonna yeah, yeah. To drag you into the East Coast Morelia. You know, digs. We we clearly have drafted you from the Texas Morelia people onto our team. Um. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're lost. Our game.
1: Forget those guys. There you go.
2: They're dead to you now. Still yeah. does not exist. <laughs> so yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I love it. I love it. Good times for sure, right.
0: man. Uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on and chatting with us.
2: You're welcome, guys.
0: Keep uh, doing what
3: you're doing. I'll, I'll, I'll come on anytime you have me. Awesome. All right. I'll, you have a good one. Uh, all right, there. All right, right. Owen. Oh, just send the deposit. Just just, uh, you know, <laughs> Harry Burwell,
1: that's my PayPal.
4: <laughs>
2: good thing. All right, yeah. guys. I'll talk to you later. That's All right, right man. See Bye. You. Bye.
1: <sighs> well, Eric, that was a really good show. Ha, I beat you to it. <laughs>
0: Nah, no, that was cool, man. The, uh, I dig the stories, man. I, I really love Joe. The world
1: traveling stuff. Could you imagine? Uh,
0: now, granted, no.
1: he's like in his early 20s and he's like, screw it, I have no possessions and I'm out. You know, part of me wishes yeah. at one point in my life I could have done that, but other parts of me was like, yeah. But where would I keep my things? It's like that's, it gets, but still, the traveling, the, I thought I was hot shit with like a six foot gator. Did you see that crocodile picture he put up on the on the feed? He's like spraying a hose, and this I can only assume is an SUV that's dressed
0: like a crocodile because that animal. Oh my huge. God! Yeah, yeah, that was pretty wild for sure. Uh, I, you know, it's things like that that uh, you know I want to hear more about. That. Me. <laughs> I, want hear, yeah, well, I want to hear more about that kind of stuff. Uh, that's pretty God. awesome. I I, oh, yeah. I remember Let's the first time monsters. I think I I remember the first time I actually saw a saltwater croc in real life and I could this not believe it in August right Yeah I could I, yeah I could not believe how big this thing was and I had a whole new respect for Steve crocodiles <laughs> You <laughs> so know just like, Oh, wait a minute, like,
1: <laughs> so guy wrestle these things on my own in the out
0: like, what the hell <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'm like oh shit this is this is for real, okay, they're big animals, and yes,
2: dear god,
0: yeah. no <laughs> but the thing the thing with them is we are on the menu there's no, there's yes. no mistaking that uh, we it are is. on the menu. <laughs>
1: and there's always that when you come face to face with one of those animals that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in your wheelhouse. Like if you wanted to death would befall me at any moment. Um, when you have one of those kind of like, you know, you don't see it on the screen or you're up close and personal with it, you know, you have one of those moments of holy crap. Um, and I would love to have those kind of moments because I think they're really cool. Um, that's why, like, I'll go cage diving with great whites before I die. I swear to God, just so I can have that moment of, yeah, okay, I'm done now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, fun. But yeah, that was
2: that was uh, fun. Check.
0: I'm out. Get me out. So yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: you
0: know, yeah. Down cool. in uh, Australia, I forget. What, I think when I want to say the place is called Croc Cove or something like that. Anyway, yeah, is that the one where you can go in the? Thing, Yes, you go in like an acrylic, um, yes. acrylic tube. <laughs> Meanwhile, yes. saltwater crocs are... Sign me up. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that would be pretty badass, man.
1: I w- for oh, sure. my God. It's badass until it malfunctions and you're stuck in the water with a saltwater crocodile. Yeah.
0: Hey, guys, you just that gotta is swim not fun up to the top. Oh, just right. swim real quick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anyone with a as you cat,
0: Right? <laughs> the guy you like the least. They can go first. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> Problem is, like, get okay. Out there and be like, all
1: right, how did, how did Steve do it? And then it would just be done.
0: Be over. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, cool. Yeah. So we'll have to have Terry back on and we'll have to chat up again. Cause I, I didn't want to hear about the, uh, the diamond pythons and, uh, the annulated tree bows. uh, that's always, uh, cool to hear about those. Not many people have those. He has, uh, is a very interesting collection of uh he,
2: very he has cool the collection
1: species. yeah he has the collection of what do I want and that's it. Um, <laughs> I mean and and those and that's fantastic. So unfortunately for him is that when he gets a bunch of space that list of things that he wants may expand. Note case yeah. in point my room. You know, I'm still I I I am inches away, inches away. From pulling the trigger on a male Timor Python. But, unfortunately, my AC broke. So, stupid home ownership and adult things are going to get in the way of me getting new snake. So, we're going to wait. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Suck, I can't I have fun, fun out of your life. It's yeah. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs>
1: piece of shit. Anyway.
0: <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this baby up. Get the up hell out of here. Get the heck out of here. <laughs> All right, next week, it's just me and you. Me and you. Oh, my God. One of those episodes. Yeah, we haven't had one of them in a while. We've had a pretty good run Great. of uh, some decent guests, man. You know? Yeah, weird. Uh, people so talk to us. That, yeah, next week, we're back to just boring Eric and Owen. So. But yeah, uh, I, I, got, I got some stuff. I got some emails and stuff that people have sent in. And yeah, uh, I thought it'd it would be. Uh, yeah. Plus, there's some there's some cool stuff going on in the in the Morelia world that uh, we can yeah. chat about. You who know, So hopefully by then we'll both have another clutch of eggs. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, um, that so if you so. so if you have
1: questions, just email them to us at info at moreliapythonradio.com. We'll be happy to answer them and read them on the air.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes we uh we we welcome it really um, good, all right <laughs> so uh Morelia python radio you can check out our website MoreliaPythonRadio.com. dot com we have a facebook page and a Twitter page uh, you can check out those uh to follow what we got going on uh you know uh where we do the actual podcast is blogfel radio dot com slash python radio. you can subscribe on iTunes whatever podcast app you use. Um, and just like and said, if you have any questions, comments, guest suggestions, anything of the sort, uh, feel free to send them on over to info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, as far as myself, EV Morelia, uh, my website is EV Morelia.com. You can check it out for availability, pairings, news, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can follow me on my Facebook page, EBMorelia, Twitter page, EBMorelia, and Instagram, EBMorelia. And if you want to contact me, my email is eric at com. So, uh, yeah. That's so all I got going on. Cool.
2: Cool. Uh,
1: what you can do is go to rogue com. The website is being updated. With all the new species, as well as everything else that we got out of, if you can notice there are no more Amazon crebos. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> um, so, <stay> tuned. <laughs> okay, stop it. Right. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to do. This. <laughs> stay tuned for further updates. <laughs> what you can also do is go to uh, Facebook Rogue Reptiles, give us a like over there. Um, as well as there'll be a lot of more. There'll be a lot for sale ads coming up soon. Uh, so everything from super caramel jags Normal super caramels Caramels uh, We have some red tiger jags And then whatever the hell comes out of the next clutch That's coming So um, Keep in mind for those Or keep an eye out for those They're going to be put on Rogue's Facebook page A week before they're put on King Snake and Fauna So be kind of a If you aren't interested an in animal, contact us They're going to be going up very very soon Um shows. I'm pretty sure I got one coming up, but I don't remember. So uh, it's in August. We got time. So yeah, that's all I got. So what I will say is thank you everybody for listening and we're going to catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.